This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer, episode 28. It's me, Russ the Face, and I am joined by... Terry finally got a trophy pike. Les <laughs> the nose Martin and Byron the Beaner Ord. Yay. How are you guys doing? All right. I'm alright. I might sound a bit rough this episode because as some people may know, I, I was a bit ill at the weekend. Well ill, he means yay yay good. And the expert on yay being yay good is Les, so uh... yeah. <laughs> the question you've got to ask yourself, Terry, is did you cry in a taxi on the way home? No, I was sad when I couldn't taste my pizza though. Oh. It was funny. You were sat there going, well, "This face is <laughs> numb. It doesn't taste of anything." Did you have anyway. a gin, Did you have like a yeah? I can't say gin incident, can you? You didn't have a gin incident the next day. You get a bit upset gin, watching gin the lad to lady. That you was never fine. Had Byron knows that what I'm talking Incident. Right. I, yeah. I like that word. That's a good one. There were. I don't think there were any incidents. What Terry did was he had a eleven hours of snorry sleep incident. Which we could hear through one of that was, his walls. That was really funny. We were listening to talk about this, and suddenly we just heard this rumbling. Yeah, we were we were talking about uh, about grumpalumps, and then we heard a bestial growl. <laughs> but anyway, that is for the next show. <laughs> yeah, because this show we are going to go back over some old ground. Cause, go back uh, in time. Yeah, it's like Back to the Future. Um, but no one cares. But not the future, the past. What a stupid name for that show. The Free yeah. General's Handbook Past. Yes. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about Call to War. And when I say talk about Call to War, it's going to be very quick because it's South Coast. It was a while ago. Nobody cares. Unless you're into potatoes, then you will love this show. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we are, we're then going to talk about... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Rain, Rain of stars. stars, which we'll spend a bit more time on because it was awesome fun. Um, so, I mean, I suppose we we there's, we're not going to talk about news or releases because I think we covered all that with the last show. But um, should we just basically go into Call to War? Like, just I'll I'll lead, I guess. Or do you yeah. want to lead, Terry? Nah, crack on. Why don't I I go first? I'll go through my games and then you two. Who, can talk who about finished your games. last? I mean, Byron, you finished. Above everyone, because you didn't go. Yeah, so, yeah. You don't want to know that. I mean, you I were the winner, right there. You were the winner. I took a high. <laughs> I took a high concept. Have a nice chilled weekend at home. List. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it worked out pretty successfully, actually. It turns out you didn't lose a single game. No, didn't play one either. But <laughs> no, no. didn't get didn't get best sports though. Which I was and you didn't for. eat potatoes every every meal. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all about salad the beans. Potato. All about the beans. If you want a potato with potato on the side, and you want some potato on top, this was yeah. the tournament for you. Martin Morin loved it. I was going to say, did it not completely satisfy three quarters of geeks worldwide, as long as they're allowed to add ketchup? That the problem is there fair. wasn't any meat. 
No, it was like, was it potato salad with jacket potato and a tiny bit of meat with some peas and also some potato? I can't even remember. All I remember is like... It was this, like this... potato curry, wasn't it? Uh, I yeah, I think it was like potato with some sauce on it. I, I was surprised that you just called themselves the potato company. Yeah. The food was woeful. It was awful. And they're meant to be caterers, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I got external caterers in and it's like, how are they this bad? It just went to Tesco's, bought a load of like a bag of spuds. It would have been like, better. What are we going to do with this? Just buy a load of pre-packed sandwiches. It would have been better. I mean, was it sub sub Subway? Yes, it was sub Subway. Oh mange. <laughs> that that means oh dear god. I don't, I don't actually know <laughs> what it means. So I'm going that, on that. Just in case you don't what, speak Byron, that's what a shame in French, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it said like, what is the cheese? <laughs> Where is the cheese? It's fromage. Cheese, <laughs> maybe, maybe that would have sorted the taters out. You never cheese know. on the taters. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, if you were there, you would have just been doing Schmeagle impressions. So <laughs> maybe it would have been more enjoyable. So to uh, to cut the the food bans short, the food was the food was was lacking, yeah. and there were no there was too many precious taters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Les, go go on then. Go cool. just quick over your list. Skyball says done. Yeah, cool. Then who who do you play? Um, what kind of what's happening and that kind of stuff? You're cool. gonna we're gonna take it in turns. We're just gonna smash out all just six smash games. All six games it, yeah, I don't just, even know okay. why I finished. Just gloss over it. It's fine. Okay. And that doesn't taste very nice, does they press it? Um. Yeah, so uh, first game, uh, played... Potatoes! Stuart- oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, played Stuart Calder in um, the upstairs part of Big, which was really, really nice because I was away from all the Night Phage wankers, which was lovely. Um, so I played Stuart, he had a skate. Let's not, let's not spread the hate. Let's not spread Doesn't the hate. Doesn't it also have windows and stuff? It, yeah, it was like... It has carpet. And, and it's not good. covered in dust. Yeah. Um, shoes off. Fun times. It was, yeah. It was good. Um... Yeah, he had like a, a weird scaven list that allowed him to shoot twice if he was in so many. Oh, that's the warlord. Isn't it? Yeah, like yeah, I can't remember exactly what, what it's it did. A formation. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was safe coast. We were playing the Nagash. Uh, sorry, not the Nagash, the hero mission one at the start. Um, yeah, the game Altars was... of the Storm. Altars of the Storm. Um, I've written Heralds of the Storm, which isn't what it is. All right, whatever it is. Yeah, all right. So, Demire. Um, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it was quite a good game. Stuart's a nice guy to play. Um, pipped it at the last minute. We um, just, you know, judicators always come good, don't they? Shoot stuff off. Yeah, so it was, it was closer than that. I think it would it come down to sort of like the last turn. And I, I just about pipped it, um, but you know, it was it was nice to play Stuart because he's a good guy. We've seen, hung out with him at events and stuff before, haven't we? So yeah, he's always a good guy to play. It's an easy twenty points right there in the bag. You, you said that at the start, but... You know. <laughs> did he have he his made, biscuit tin and his yellow dice? He did, yeah. He made yeah. me work for oh. those tournaments. Um, but, um, you know, it was, a, it, was, it was a good game. Um, second round, I played uh, clubmate Liam. Um, and generally what happens with me and Liam is that I play... He went, we sort of take it in turns smashing each other. Um, and at the How last the game... game it was, <laughs> so one, were you the little spoon in this game or were you with the rocket pack? What? <laughs> no, no, isn't that... Isn't the rocket pack the little spoon? Because yeah. technically I'm bigger than Liam, though, aren't I? So it should be. So he was your rocket pack. He was my rocket and pack. And you were the little spoon. Yeah. Um, so um, he had Skyra, Clan Skyra, I think. He can't even pronounce it. Um, the last time we played at Bristol Smash, he beat me. 
Um, this time around, he tried to do the same sort of thing. Didn't roll particularly well um, with his Skyra stuff um, and like, lost a couple of um, Storm Fiends in, in Bioshock over the course of the game. Um, and I managed to pip Liam um, to, uh, that one again. So next time we play at an event, you'll beat me because we take it in turns. Yeah, um, so he's, he, he was the receiver there. He's going to be the given us. Yeah, exactly. Mm, you yeah. better hope you don't play at Warlords. No, we won't play oh, at Warlords. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, sure. So he'll take you out of the winnings. When it matters. Uh, he'll be taking Sylvaneff, and we all know they're rubbish. Um, so... Yeah, just ask Darren. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, the next game I played was against Steve Follows, which is really cool because I played Steve uh, a couple of times, but not actually in the event, like, you know, just sort of like for warm up games. And it was nice to get a game in against him, uh, considering this is his last tournament wasn't it i think before he went traveling or went to yeah. move to china um so yeah we we had a really uh, good game he i took first turn and i took the warrior brotherhood list because obviously we you can take um a side pool with, with safe coast so i had enough in my side pool to be able to change from skyborne slayers to warrior brotherhood um and the the whole trick is you take a knight of xeros and then you can drop within six inches or five inches of the knight of xeros which allows you to be three inches away from the enemy um so on the sort of first turn um he deployed nagash in some terrain which he was allowed to get the the benefit from um and like the general's handbook um and i put 10 retributors with four star sun maces into nagash tried to kill him on turn one um steve agreed like you know we played the game steve thought it was a you know the right move to try and kill Nagash early because without Nagash, he, his list doesn't really work. Um, put loads of wounds on it, and Steve just rolled like a boss and took like four up to more. Um, I was up turn three, and then he just basically Nagash just killed my entire army, and he he, he beat me with the the objectives because it was the uh, capture terrain missions. Yeah. Really good game though. Steve's like a top guy. Learned a lot from it. It's a cracking game. Um, then obviously that was day one. Um, what were your MVPs? Was there anything uh, that surprised you, like the formation that wasn't oh, oh, Skyborne Slayers or a specific unit or anything? So I think there's there's benefits to Skyborne Slayers and there's benefits to Warrior Brotherhood. I mean, obviously I only took it twice. I took Warrior Brotherhood twice in the event, um, but we'll get to the other two the, the next time uh, in the sort of like day two bit. But um, I think Warrior Brotherhood's probably what I'll be running going forward. The only issue I've had with it is that you can't get as much shooting and when you play against... Uh, something like your your bloodbound, or maybe not so much your beast claw because you or your your ogres because you can't set off them. But something that is going to run at you, you you got the range on with the the judicators, but you, you can't kind of take that when you take the warrior brotherhood because of the requirements that you need in the list. Because the warrior brotherhood's three liberators, two judicators, one prosecutor, two paladins, um, and two heroes. So you can take it, but I think it, it it waters the list down if you start sort of like taking just five protectors or sort of like, you know, just like your, your, your basic stuff. Um, but yeah, I think Warrior Brother is quite good. Um, so I'll just go straight into game like the next day and then you and Terry can do the same thing as well, Russ, yeah? So, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. So um, yeah, I played Rob Perrin. Um, actually, I tell you, I played John Warmington uh, first thing on the Sunday morning. Um, I'd never played John before, um, and he had a really nice army. Yeah, this first time I saw this sort of Chaos Army out uh, on the table. Um, we 
uh, like I said, I hadn't played John before, and uh, he was a bit hungover because he was pretty drunk on the Saturday, from what I remember. Um, and yeah, we 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 just played uh, a pretty pretty quick game. The problem is with a Chaos Army when it's not sort of razor sharp with all of the, like the the optimal choices uh, against me. I can just sit off him and reroll ones to shoot with the, with the judicators because obviously I was taking twenty judicators like normal, and then sort of drop down and do what I need to do. So I sort of like whittled him down after he he sort of. Like, asked me how long does it take adjudicators to shoot off um, Scarbrand and I was like if I'm lucky first turn if I'm not lucky second turn because you just focus all your shooting on it and I think with the re-rolling ones the fact he's only got a five up save and stuff it you just don't well with with, with the rend one it, you just take him off slowly yeah um, the so yeah the game is quite good I, I managed to beat John which was um it was nice to, to, to be sort of like in the mix considering I didn't actually take my, my Stormcast army um, for this event. I was borrowing one because mine was still up at Warhammer World at the time. Um, so I, it was nice to be competing on the table as opposed to be, I don't really mind so much if, I, if I'm in with a shape with, for painting. Um, but obviously I wasn't this time, so it was nice to be sort of like in the mix going into sort of like the last two games. Um, I um, played them Rob Perrin on table four, I think it was. Um, Rob Perrin had a an arcade on list with sort of like uh, two units of three Varangard and all the characters to make Archeon on a boss. Um, um, so yeah, I was chatting to Martin Morin um, about uh, Archeon sort of like the night before because he he was staying with me again. And um, it, what makes Archeon really good? He says he said to me that everyone tried to focus on killing Archeon when the it really it's the Varangard that are the power in the list because Archeon is only one model at the end of the day, um, and he is really good, obviously, but it's what the the Varangard can do with sort of like the will of Archeon to attack twice and stuff like that um it was quite interesting me and rob played and uh, he had the i can't remember the name of the formation the one with the gaunt summoner allows you to know what the the priority role is for the next turn yeah um so he did that he sort of played me it was quite funny like he he took first turn um pushed up really far forwards um and i just went oh he's obviously got the next turn he's obviously got the double turn um, and he played like he gamed me and he didn't have the double turn. I didn't drop to try and uh, kill the stuff that I needed to. Um, I uh, basically concentrated on killing everything apart from Archeon. I killed the Gaunt Summoner straight away so that he couldn't have that. I didn't like not knowing, you know, you know, he knew what the, the priority was. I really didn't like playing against it where someone knows who's going next. It's such a powerful ability. Um, so I managed to kill the Gaunt Summoner because he's really easy to kill. And I just focused on killing all of the vanguard and all of the characters that made Archeon really strong um because it was the the reliquary uh, mission where you had to capture the reliquary wasn't it so um I, I took the warrior brotherhood in this matchup um because i can drip feed the units down so as he pushed forward with Archeon, i was dripping sort of like putting units on the backfield so i could capture his reliquary um and yeah just i managed to capture his and then on the last turn i put a line of judicators i needed to charge some judicators into Archeon to hopefully hold him up for one turn and if just so that he couldn't then sort of move in his turn um and i double won the charge which allowed him to get in kill the last two liberators that were sort of blocking my reliquary um and he piled in and, and captured my reliquary and it was a draw which was is quite a good game um it, it was nice to play rob again because i haven't played them since um the firestorm fours event um, and then, yeah, I was still on table four, and I was um, on for my last game, and I was playing Pano, so um, which was really, I'm not, I'm not very practiced on the the last game of Safe Ghost with the the teleport sort of um, 
the teleport sort of like in the corners. Um, and I, I made the wrong list choice. I, I took the, the Warrior Brotherhood again against against Pano, thinking that, you know, the teleport and retributes is quite good. I had the Prime in the list as well. Um, didn't really work out the way I planned it. I, I think I made a massive mistake that I should have took the Judicators because if you take the Judicators, you can shoot, shoot off a lot of the... Um, the can't think of the name of the corn guys, the blood... Raffmongers? Yeah, the Raffmongers. Shoot off the Raffmongers. Um, it's probably a good idea not to let them charge your only two units adjudicators in the bank back, right? Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It was... <laughs> he. The problem is is that with that mission, you can't sort of sit and gunline someone, which is no. why you designed the mission that way. Um, I took the and I took the Warrior Brotherhood and I didn't quite realise how good Skull Reapers were. They're like the hidden filth. They're they really, really, really good. good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like Pano smashed me, like well deserved. I think he like, he nearly tabled me or he might have even tabled me, um, which was, you know, it put my hopes of a podium sort of like out of the question. But um, it was really, it was a good, good sort of like running games to be honest. And I think Pano come fourth, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it was uh, at that point, like on table four, you, think if you beat someone you'd be in for a shot of a podium yeah yeah definitely um but yeah it was um it was a good game and i you know fair play to pano for beating me he he, you know he properly schooled me up with it but that was my six games it was all it was all good yeah okay just a quick one before we get on well we'll probably talk about the end that should talk about our overall thoughts yeah um so um terry do you want to just do yours yeah so round one i played uh, Ian Ralph with my standard. You're using your standard list. My standard, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Fangwall, Deceiver, Kairos, Drones. Uh, the teleport multiple gateways. The last outing of the teleporting shenanigans before it, it got removed from from Warhammer. Um, so yeah, he had Stormcast. It was the obviously they pushed the storm front back. Um, Stormcast just don't do well in the scenario, I don't think, because they just don't have the characters that can live long enough. And you know, if they come forward, they've got no mortal saves. You just pop them off with one, you know, one gateway or one shot from Fanquo. Or... It's where the Star Drake really shines. <laughs> yeah, because you just plonk him on an objective and you're laughing. But he um, he didn't take the prime in this one. Um, he just deployed more stuff. Because he had okay. two big units and he had two banners to teleport two units, so I quickly um, I quickly took out one of those with a with a long range. I think it was a skull cannon shot. Um, killed one of those and then just sort of did my deceivery, you know, goodness with Kairos and Fanquil, pop them up, and it, it just sort of went how that list sort of goes. You you teleport in, they come at you, they get shot off. If you double turn them, you just take everything off with mortal wounds. Um, he's nice, nice guy pushing quite a filth list. Um, but you see think, the the Ralph brothers pushing the filth quite a bit at the moment. Yeah, I think anything with ten retributes in is is good. To be honest, ten retributes in a Vexler banner is is yeah. always going to be good because it gives you the opportunity to reach out and sort of touch someone. If you don't know how to deal with it, then you tend to get taken off, don't you? Yeah, but that's why I killed the banner straight away, <laughs> and then in a, in a in a long, you know, end to end table. It's a long old walk if you haven't got a banner. Yeah. So um, I ended up picking up the win on that, but I didn't get the mission because it was to capture... I went to capture the buildings because it was... After walking around, I sort of saw that hardly any tables had buildings on. So yeah. I thought, well, yeah. I thought well, this one's got a building on it. I'll just do that. But I couldn't get into the building 
because there was one model left in one of his units that I couldn't kill in the last turn that was stopping me moving into the building. Um, so I couldn't actually garrison it, so I um, I failed that mission, but I picked up the win. Um, round two, I played Michael Browning with his uh, dude on a zombie dragon, a mongol, you know, your generic death uh, stuff, nothing, you know, too out of the ordinary. His stuff um, is listening quite good of late, aren't they, Michael <clears throat> Browning? Yeah. Is there a generic death list, or by generic do you mean... It's the it, same it stuff a, you always see. Of, you yeah, you always different. see the same things: skeleton zombies, black knights, blood knights. Like the choice is quite. There's not a lot in the book, so if you no. missed half the stuff in the the actual battle tone, then. Yeah, so I mean, you. you it's not really standard. I don't think there is a standard list. Do you like, think it's it's a bit off topic? Do you think that's now going to be compounded with people having to take battle line units? Yeah. So we're going to see more standard lists because. I think you'll see netlist again because there's actual fixed points now. Not only that, yeah. there's restrictions. So yeah. you you'll get quick very quickly go. If I'm not in an allegiance, what's the most effective like battle line unit for the points? Yeah. Zombies or skeletons? This so. one. So everyone's going to take three of that unit. Yeah. Oh, while we're talking about zombie <clears throat> battle line units, I said in the last show that it everyone with the battle line zombies will just take three units of ten and merge them which you can't actually do, because yeah. your units can never go over their starting size in match play. Really? It's one of the restrictions. Yeah. So you can't merge three units of ten zombies, unless they've got three in each, because they've been depleted down to the point where they're dead, and you merge them into one nine. Yeah. But you can never have a unit go over its starting size. So that include, It says any special ability or rule, any anything, spells, abilities. Yeah, so, yeah it overrides so it. It overrides it. So, and the... General's Handbook overrides the army books because they've already put a bunch of FAQs in that specifically say the General's Handbook in this place takes you know presence in this because like with Croak he can cast his spell three times someone got it FAQ'd he can only cast once because he has to abide by match play yeah yeah Um, so just a quick you know fix on that one. but yeah, um, played Michael Browning. Um, the Mongol, I was really frightened, was just going to go through my army because you either kill it really quickly or you don't, and then you die to it. Um, I gatewayed it many, many, many times. And I think got the double turn, bolts, gateways, maybe Fanquo as well, and just put every mortal wound I had into it and killed it. Uh, turn one, I did teleport up and take off his zombie dragon before he had a chance to move with a war projector shot from Fanquo. Um, which was quite, oh, that's quite tasty. Pretty, that's a pretty good shot. Yeah, I I believe I rolled an 11 and then just charged him and punched him in the face or shot him with something else that was nearby. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't get a chance to do anything. Um, but then you have to kill zombie dragons and stuff like that pretty quickly because you don't want them, no. you don't so want them rampaging much, around. Pretty much his army halved by that point as well. Yeah. So yeah, win there, got the mission as well. Um, round three, I played Kieran up on cool. table one. Um, his list was just endless amounts of bodies. It was just Did like... He, destruction. Yeah, destruction, yeah. It was like <clears throat> yeah. ten hard boys, ten hard boys, ten hard boys. And it's like, oh, there's so many dudes with so many wounds just everywhere. Um, Rerolling saves with their ridiculously good shields. Yeah. Yeah. 
Such but a good when, rule. when you're play clawing the crap out of those units and they actually hit, they you do start chunking models off quite quickly. Because whichever one you put immune to battle, you know, immune to bravery, battleship, and whatever on, I would just shoot the other ones. Yeah. Uh, but he looked in a really good position for quite a long time in this because it was the capture the terrain one. Yeah. And he got ahead early by he had some like boar boy chariots and stuff. And he sort of pushed them out early and went and capped a load of my terrain on the other side of the board. So I had to sort of recommit and go back the wrong way while trying to front his just tide of of um, orcs. I did pop the deceiver into one corner though and just start going from you know left to right and sort of going through units because Ren Ren three on him is pretty tasty for chopping up four up save units. Um, That's interesting. He's I'm not is he the only person I've seen using chariots? I've yeah. Because I didn't really know what they did, I actually I actually had to look at that war scroll because I wasn't really sure what it did. Um, it turns out they're not very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a it was a good game against Kieran. It was probably my probably my best sort of games I've had in Age of Sigmar. It's, it was it was very um, it's very close. It came down to it at the end. I managed to get a um, managed to get characters into some terrain and flip them flip them back, and I ended up getting more terrain and got the win out of that. Um, can't remember if I got my mission in that one. That was quite a long time ago now. Um, so then the draw went up for the next day. I was meant to be playing Luke uh, McHugh with his like blood crusher spam, and um, the draw was all wrong. So I ended up playing Tony Moore. Now this was this this was my least favorite scenario against most lists because I just. From South Coast, I never fixed the problem with my list, which 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 was I didn't have enough scoring units to sort of control the table quarters. One, yeah, to control yeah. the table quarters because I knew Handbook was coming and I couldn't be asked to go and paint forty clan rats or something for this scenario, which is what you use the cheap little baseline yeah. units that sit in the back and it's just yeah. too many scoring units. Um, he went full aggro into me and I tried to defend against it when I should have just left him to do to go through it and just teleported into the corners of the boards and gone and killed all his scoring units. That doesn't um, seem like a Tony Moore thing to do because he's like renowned for being like a defensive player. He knew he? that if he didn't go full aggro he'd have lost though. Because okay. if you if you don't go full aggro against the the Fanquil teleporty goodness yeah. and you try and sit back, you get outranged and shot a bunch of turns, then when you finally do come forward you leave a big hole behind you. Yeah. He plays with Darren, doesn't he? So he's no stranger to how. Yeah, so work. you you kind of just go all out. If I mean, if he didn't make the charges or if it didn't work, he would have lost. Um, yeah, so Tony, uh, he knew that if he didn't go full aggro, that I'd just go in and sort of take him, take him from behind. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that so, is that why he didn't just yeah. sit there defensively? Because he, he like, didn't no, want I'm not you. really into that. He didn't want no. you pushing up on him, did he? He didn't want you yeah. like all over him. As soon as you leave a space, you pop Fangle next to Terry Grinder Pike. What? T- Terry gets right up behind you as soon as you leave. Yeah, okay, right up in there. Just pop <laughs> you the the two d six, take you off. Splurges projectors on. Yeah, um, and it sort of came down to a slow grind at the end where I <laughs> <laughs> I lost the table quarter oh, and, and fell words. a point behind, um, and he picked up the win. Um, so yeah, he just had he had the zombies and the direwolves chilling out at the back for you know the cheap good little you know worthless drops effectively, but the ones that win the game for you. Um, right. Yeah, so he he won that one. Uh, game five, 
I had the joy of playing Ricky's Get Up In Your Grill Turn 1 Avalanche. It is, it is Avalanche, isn't it? The, um, yeah, Beast Claw Avalanche. Beast Claw Avalanche. Uh, Just Storm one Mary. Stonehorn and one yeah. Thunder Tusk. That's reserved. Um, and then Mournfang, Iron Guts, Normal Ogres, possibly as well, and like a Tyrant and some Butchers, and it's like it's a decent Fine. list. But if if you're not aware of what it can do, it will get you on the baseline turn one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but having played it before and him playing my teleport list, we kind of knew exactly what we could and couldn't do against each other. And this time. Because he beat me last time when I was practicing for South Coast. He um, this time I I knew what I needed to do, and took off the Thunder Tusk turn one, and then gave him a choice. He could either push forward to my artifact, or he could defend his own. He couldn't do both. Yeah. Um, whereas I could do both um, because I got ahead, um, and then the Stone Horns and everything came across the board that was left. Mornfang Stonehorn and the Iron Gut sort of defended. So I put Thanquol and the Deceiver across the board um, into the Iron Guts to capture his objective and eventually ground out and picked it up with the Deceiver. Meanwhile, my Plague Bearers and everything else were just sort of tanking up my objective from all his stuff. Um, and he, he just couldn't get onto my token. Um, I had Steve Follows and a bunch of other people sort of stood at the table and then... He was like, are you finished? Is it done? Like, yeah, yeah, we're over now. Points are in, it's done. He was like, well, what you could do here is this guy over here could make a run and charge and then maybe get in and touch the token because I defended it all up with units like Skull Cannons and Plague Bearers all around it so he couldn't actually move within three and couldn't get around because he couldn't retreat onto it because he'd been too close. His only option was to make a charge with... I think it was a butcher that was like 11 away and he rolled the 11 and we worked out that if he piled in, he could have actually touched it and drawn the game, but he just didn't see it because he was so focused on the Born Fang and the Stonehorn around the objective that he, he kind of didn't see the focus was that sort of 10 inch bubble around it. He didn't, he didn't spot the butcher and Steve's so yeah, he could have done that. So that was, it was good that he could have drawn it out. He just didn't see it. I think yeah. you were getting quite tight on time as well, weren't you? I think because I, I was on the table next to you and stuff, and it was I think it was like you were on the last turn and stuff, and there was the, the discussion about how he could try and win the game, wasn't there, for a little while? I don't think we were running not, out of time. Not like um, out of time. I think it was like getting to... I think there was like sort of 20 minutes left or stuff, wasn't there, and you were just yeah. going through it all. It definitely plays on people's minds when you're far more likely to, to miss something like that when you are trying to rush things in and you end up getting yeah. blinkers and dusting one option. Yeah, yeah it's the worst thing it. about being like playing quick is you you do forget those things. Yeah, um, I thought he could have done something else, but then we went back and looked at it. It was like, no, you you couldn't retreat here because this thing was within three of that, which was in three of that, and then you couldn't have got the base in. And so it was good that we we had a proper good look, and and there was a solution. He just didn't spot it. Um, but you know, lesson learned for next time. Maybe that will come in handy for something else. Um, it, it looked like a quite tight game. Like I said, I finished pretty early, and um, you two looked like you you were having a really tight game all the way through. Cause... Yeah, no, it was very close. I had some very close games this weekend um, with Kieran. Tony was really close as well, actually, and then again with Ricky. Yeah. Um, and then round six, I played some chump who who won the right. event. So. so so don't go into your room. So, yeah, we'll leave, get we'll Russ leave to do it, and then you two can talk. About well, it, you yeah. can tell his if you want. 
<laughs> no, but I want the argument deployed, live on air. I deployed full aggro. I teleported in, went for it, turn one. Failed to cast gateway. Russ dispelled the other one. And then I didn't kill Arcan. And then my my full aggro didn't work, so I just sort of slowly lost the game over three turns. Um, yeah, I think your mistake was backing off. I didn't really... Because you I backed off was... on turn like three, you sort of backed off onto a hill with the drones and stuff, you should just put them in my face. Yeah, but there was just so many models, I just don't think I was ever going to get anywhere with it. It was more just sort of try and defend and use the play clause to kill your score and objective units and then just hope that you, you were too far away on the last turn to like run across onto them all. But, it, you know, I did take out that 20-man unit skeletons with one play claw, which was pretty tasty. Was it? Too, but I think it's both the play claw shots, actually, because it yeah. just, ruined, just ruined them. Um, but yeah, I think if the if the eve one of the gateways had come off, it would have knocked your um, dispelling down because you get plus three. Is it? I was stood next two. to an arcane building, and he gets plus two, so it's yeah. plus three. Oh well. Wow. So it was, it was really, you know, he was in a good place to not be taken off of a gateway. So you know, a, a double gateway and a fanquel projector obviously would have killed him. But you had enough chaff forward, like the ghouls, I think it was, or. Or no, it was the Vargeists or something. The Var, yeah, it was the Vargeists were close yeah. enough for one of them, so that I couldn't get within the nine from the Skitter Leap, from, within the eight from Skitter Leap to to actually fire the projectors. Uh, and then it took me a lot to kill the bloody Mongol as well. You killed him in one round. Yeah, but it took a, everything in that one round after he'd already killed a bunch of stuff. But I don't know. It's it. I think the. The positioning where you were was was good, so I couldn't do what I wanted to do against most people. They don't know how to defend against it, mm. which is why when people go, "Oh, it's so broken, it's bent that you can just put your whole army behind them turn one," it's like, "Yeah, but you just have chaff units to stop it. It's it's no different from any other Warhammer where you use chaff to stop people doing what they want to do." It's yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna push my my two thousand point gut star into you. Here's a fifty point eagle." Here's a fifty point eagle. Here's a fifty. Point, oh, your your big unit did nothing the entire game. It's it, what, it's it's not different in this where you just go here, have some crap. Here's some chaff. What I was hoping would happen is I had my unit of six horrors around my gate in my deployment zone. I was hoping that you would go down, not kill me, and in my turn yeah. I could teleport through the gate to the gate that you would be around and actually try and tank one of yeah, your characters out. What was it? Turns one to three, two out of the four gates were locked on My both gate sides. was locked for three turns in a row. And then the and one I just you decided wanted to, to run across when yours was unlocked was locked was on locked. my side. Yeah. So I just yeah. had to run across the board, basically. Yeah, could you um, have not gone off and come on the table edge? or? Um, no, because my gate was locked. Uh, oh yeah, both of them. Were. So I didn't right. have an option. Like the gate that you were around being locked wasn't an issue. It was the fact that my gate was locked. Yeah. Um, but I, the Cryptor has basically won me that game. So yeah. So the buffs on the buffs with the rerolls and the plus ones and all their crap. You, you just give them like was it three or four buffs and they just go to town and killed the whole drone unit in one or two turns. I think I gave them a pile in twice, didn't I? Yeah. And they went in and took like both drone units out. Um, or took one drone unit out and then went into the um, like the plague bearers and just ground them off with all the other characters I chummed in as well. Was the pile of the necromancer? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, but that was uh, that was that was, the last that game, was my so. my last game. So then 
then your five before that, then Russ. Yeah, so um, I took Death. I took Arcan, big unit of Crypt Horrors, two units of Crypt Flares, um, 20, zomb- uh, 20 Skeletons. Um, didn't take any ghouls. I took a Necromancer, a Gorking Obfurt, a Vargulf, uh, two sets of two Morgoth's Harbingers, and a Morgul, which I was summoning most games. Um, I don't think... I had some other stuff because of sideboard and stuff, but I think basically took that sort of stuff. I think I had a Terror Geist in my pool, but I don't think I ever used it actually. Um, but yeah, that was that was it basically. Um, so first opponent was friend of the show Dan um, with his uh, Squig Army. Uh, actually, I was a little bit worried because he had two bolt throwers in this, and it was the four objectives. But the problem is, his Goblin Heroes have only got four wins, so he didn't really have any to. To score, he had a couple characters that could score. Um, and yeah, the he planned moved... to get you, didn't he, as well? Uh, mm, Can't you remember? He was going to get you smashed. He bought a whole bottle of Kraken to get you smashed. Yeah, and you and I was have on antibiotics, so I couldn't <laughs> yeah. drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> and then um, he he basically was like, "Okay, well, I'll I'll move forward," um, and that was a bit of a mistake because it basically meant that. You know, he, it wasn't like he made me come at him. He he sort of moved forward into range of my spells and stuff and my summons, and I was just able to take take his army apart really. And um, Arkham is pretty much a man of the match as usual um, with his uh, summoning the the sort of the um, Morgas is pretty strong. It's a while ago, can't really remember too much, but I remember the Cave Squig being a bit bit gnarly, so I had to try and tank him off and. Uh, yeah, it was a good game though. I mean, it was uh, it was kind of one of those. The scenario didn't help him really, but it is what it was. Um, I didn't get any curse of the years stories against Dan. I was a little bit disappointed, but oh, oh. there was there was that to come. Um, so uh, second round, I played Andy Talbot with his uh, Seraphin, um, and it was a really good game. I think Andy, I, I I really like Andy, but I think I unsettled him quite a bit. Um, and I was just basically shouting at him how much I hate Seraphin. Um, and uh, I literally gatewayed. Gatewayed? That's not a thing. Uh, Curse of the Years off his. Um, it's basically it's the new gateway. Curse of the Years off his unit of Temple Guard and um, one of his Basties later in the game and um, the Slan. So basically, just I just Ow. tanked his army off and got my more gas into him and it was pretty one-sided this game um the instant kill temple guard was so sweet it was like the highlight for me i was like yeah take it <laughs> hate him so much um yeah and that was it basically and it was the um catching the obelisk so i kind of had this quite comfortable locked away this match because uh once you take out certain key elements the uh the lizardmen don't really do a lot um I think they're quite a defensive army anyway. And if you take out the Temple Guard, that's one of the main units that, that is, is hard to get through. Changed so much, haven't they? It's so Lizardman. <laughs> and if you take out the Temple Guard and the Slan, they're low on options and their shooting's really good and runs away. And like, oh, oh, wait, nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing's changed. Um, I actually it's think they're one of the, the dullest armies in Age of Sigmar. I wish they would have Tomb King them and literally just bin them and gone, 
yeah, they'll be back, but they're in a bin because they just, oh, I just hate them. Hate them so much. If you're thinking about doing Seraphim, just don't, just don't bother. Do yourself and your opponents a favour. They're so dull. They're just so dull. Unless you take like a mega, a mega dinosaur list that's but not just three Vestilodons. It's still dull. Yeah, but if you took like a carnosaur list, like multiple yeah. carnosaurs, and like yolo to people, it might be a bit more fun. Yeah, but it's not—it's not, it's not nice like person. the problem is it's not competitive. So, no, it's not it, all about competitive play, Russ. No, I'm not on about like it's about. Well, it is for us because we we go to tournaments. But if you go to a tournament and you you want to compete, don't you? You don't just yeah. want to turn up and. You know. I'm sure there are some some mixed builds out there that aren't quite as dull to play. It's not all of them, but it no. seems that all the ones I've seen and definitely the that I've played against have been a bit of a drudge. Yeah. I, I just I've never liked Lizardman like since they changed them from like fourth, fifth edition or whatever, or sixth edition when they come, they reared their head. I think it was fifth. I can't remember. But I don't even like the aesthetic of them. I don't like. No, the I don't. No. They don't suit AOS anymore. It just. I don't think they barely suited Warmer, didn't they, really? Yeah, I know some people really liked it, but I, I just, for me, I always found it really hard to get my head around it when you've got like Empire and Vampire counts and you're like, oh, the lizards are there, and you're like, I'm cool. not in Lustra because we've got mm-hmm. like green fields and our like, our like houses, and it, wh- why wh- the lizardmen would just basically be like, Shuddering on the floor, going, I'm so cold. <laughs> I, think, I like I the whole idea like, of the Aztec thing, but that's a bit as far as it you went. Say that yeah. about, you could say that about the Empire now, though. Now the world's all gone grey grey. Dudes in, dudes in hats might be less relevant. Twirly yeah. moustaches. I don't, yeah, and I think they will change yeah, aesthetically, they would change, but, um, you know, obviously there are humans from all different they almost remind me a little bit more like the humans you get in 40k like spread around the Imperium yeah you'll probably find they're going to be more like that like more diversified um, I think like the, the the sort of like the warrior priest guy from uh, Silver Terror is quite good you know that would be how I imagine you know the Empire stuff will look like now yeah I think so um but yeah, it was a good game. I mean, I, I like playing Andy. I think it was a bit one-sided. I think my spells were just really on fire. Yeah. Um, but we had a laugh. I always like, I, I like, I like just, I don't know, just like the banter with Andy. It's quite fun. He's a top um, bloke as well. Isn't yeah, he? he's awesome. Yeah. So um, I think he talks about the game. I haven't listened to it yet on Black Sun or the Lost Lighthouse, whichever one he's done it on. But you can go check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my that was two wins basically. I think both missions as well. And then I um, I rocked up to my third game, and a very drunk John Warmington staggered over to the table, <laughs> and basically was like, "I'm really, really drunk," and I'm like, "I'll do the best to sober you up," um, <laughs> which I think give I managed him, to do. Give him the full face treatment. Basically, I I just mortal wounded Scarbrand until he was dead, and no, never let him have anywhere near a sniff of a charge. Um, and I put like the Mongol and both units of Morgast into his like bunker of warp lightning cannons on turn one, um, yeah. and didn't kill them. And then uh, weathered the shots and stuff, and then and then van- eventually killed them. Um, but was that a long charge on the Mongol? Um, on nine, yeah, yeah, because obviously you're nine away. But I think I was a bit lucky to actually summon him in the first summon it all on the first turn, um, but. 
you know, it was what it, it was what it was. And then he obviously pushed Scarbrand up the table, um, and I just literally that side of that that table I just melted away, and um, and just used my magic. I, I used like the the forecasters as like a little mini magic, uh, you know, salvo of arcane bolts and curse of the years just until he died. Just had to kill him with range. You just couldn't fight him. There's there's no no way I'm gonna go and fight him. No. Um, you know, it just it's just so scary. It's so scary to play against. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was that was a good game. I, but I don't. John didn't really have the um, the, <laughs> the the sort of state of mind or, or the <laughs> list to deal with what I was doing. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty good game. But that was a fairly convincing win for me. Um, and then going into the evening, I think I was meant to be playing somebody else, and then obviously the round changed. I can't remember. Maybe Steve follows. Um, but I ended up playing Martin Morin um, with his. He had the same formation that Rob Perrin had with the yeah. Gaunt Summoner, and the, you roll the dice, and you had a big unit of Varangard, and oh, it's just. Yeah. I was like, how do I kill the Varangard? I literally can't do anything to them. On What's the first the big unit, is that six? Or... Six, yeah. And then the first turn, I was lucky enough to get a Curse of the Years on Arcan, and I was lucky enough for him to fail his save. And I was thinking, how good a story is this going to be if I sorry, Arcan Archeon, if I curse the years Archeon on turn one? Um, but that would be amazing. It wasn't to be. <laughs> um, so I just did what I I just scrambled and just basically went. Well, I can't fight them. I've just got to avoid them and score and yeah. and just keep scoring because he didn't have many scoring units. Because what he could have done is split the the. Baron guard into like a two and a four, but because this is the table quarters and scoring units, um, I just basically tried to outscore him, um, and I didn't get my secret mission right at the end. But I could have played it better than I would have got it. Um, ended up with a draw in this mission, so um, I think it's a draw. It's either that or Martin won. I didn't win this game. I think it's a draw. Um, you didn't lose any games. You got draws and wins. Yeah, it was a draw then. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think I was close to winning it, but then he was close to winning it as well. It was a really good game, really tight, like playing Martin. Um, it was in the boxing ring again, which I I just I just hate this venue. I'm just I'm sorry, people from Big, but I'm just I just hate it. It's dirty. The vent, the the, the tables in the ring. What is that about? Decide if you want to be a wargaming venue or a boxing boxing gym. Make your mind up and just do your business accordingly. Um, yeah. Anyway, there you go. So I I decided that actually no, I um I, I don't like playing in the ring. I was quite glad at Brothers that there weren't enough people to actually warrant having the ring as a gaming area. Um, so yeah, that was uh, game four. Um, then game five, I got to play down forward, and I, I was looking forward to getting some revenge. Um, Dan did uh, was doing quite some funky shenanigans with the changeling, Lord of Change, and uh, um, Kairos. You know, like summoning summoning a Lord of Change within range of the changeling, so then the Lord of Change and the changeling could both gateway and stuff like that. So, and then like trying to double gateway off Arcan. 
Um, he survived on about three wounds, I think, and then I proceeded to get a double turn and um, and take most of Dan's army off um, and just ground him out and ground all the plague bearers down. Uh, managed to get to his reliquary and hold it with the Morgul. Morgul just swept in and picked it up and was like, "Yeah, I'm not taking that off me." Um, so <laughs> that was a pretty, pretty legitimate win. That one. It was. It was a good game. I mean, it was nice to play down again from the experience I had at Bristol Smash. And you know, I said, "Well, at least it was a bit more of a game. We've got more. We got our turns in, and you know, he had the Taliban still, and he still had like a, a really effective." sort of magic phase, which I don't mind. I think that was quite cool. I think it was it was quite a nifty little list he was using. Um Dan picked up a lot of Archeons yeah. and stuff over the weekend as well. Yeah, he's using the changeling to wield Archeon's sword and then one shot Archeon off. Didn't he try and hand up Dusty follows Nagash as well? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. amazing. That is Fif- legit. Fifty yeah. fifty and, and Steve got it right, so Nagash didn't go down turn one oh. to the changeling. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty amazing. I think um, it was definitely a, a funky list that you won't see anymore because of the the general's handbook stuff. But that that was really cool. It was good to see him trying to do something different. That's what I always like about Dan Ford. He always comes up with something new. Yeah, he always he always tries to find something that isn't what other people are doing that is effective. And it's nice to see people doing that with a list. He's a bit like the Rain Man of AOS. Sort of just like, just sort of crunches numbers in his head. I remember Taking a load of crappy units and telling you what you can do with them, and just you being like, oh. "Yeah, <laughs> he loves telling you about it as well." He'll tell you every bit about everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's good. It was all right. It was good. It was good fun. So, um, and then last game, obviously, I played Terry, which we we spoke about. But um, yeah, so I ended up uh, winning the event, um, which I was pretty sort of happy about. But uh, it was quite nice to win with death, um, and sort of because I fell short at Bristol Smash when I only had the flesh eaters, and I just felt I was lacking the the Mongol, the Morgast, you know, the magic phase to really like you know, the offensive long range magic. Um, I like taking Arcan because not a lot of people are using him, and I thought it was a bit of a left field choice. It's not the Nefrata obvious build dot com, so um, I was quite quite happy to use that combo and I thought it, it worked really well um, he's the best model as well isn't he I think oh, he's cool yeah yeah. Uh, but I I don't know I I've, I was pretty happy with that it was, I didn't lose a game so it was pretty solid but the event overall do you guys just want to sit where we each give, our, each give our thoughts where did you sit. all finish though where did you finish Terry sixth and Les I have no idea I think it was 17th might have been a bit lower than that I don't think it was very good. I, I can tell you in two secs. Um, yeah. Weren't you like on. on table four last round though? That you lost? Yeah, yeah, I lost to Pano. Um, I think I the mission sort of like bumped me down a little bit. Um, you know, I think the problem is, is that on table four in the last round, I was um, a little disappointed to lose really. You know, I, I felt that I had the list to deal with Pano. I think I just played really badly against him, did the usual 12. choke. 12. Oh, 12. Well, not, that's not too bad. Yeah, you know. Is so, it worth covering the the with the top three armies not death? No, they were death. They were yeah, all death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, so, it was age of Mongol. Coincidence, it? wasn't it? Though, because there was table one, two, and three was someone versus death, someone versus death, someone versus death. Yeah, they it could all have all been chaos. Yes, Les took top order at twelfth place. I think, I think this this was going into this event. I was always very conscious that 
following South Coast, one of the changes I was going to make was to drop the summoning discount. Yeah. And just you have a summoning pool, um, like it is for General's Handbook, basically. Um, but I didn't do it. One, because I knew that it was coming with General's Handbook and I didn't want to telegraph that. And two, there was little point because I knew that it, it's almost almost going to be basically an obsolete point system. Um, you know, I, I think it was telling now that now the, the comps had its time to find its feet that the top armies seem to be gravitating around summoning. So, yeah, it's obviously a bit too powerful. Yeah, it's I, like you said, there was obviously death and chaos sort of like reign supreme for the event. But then you look at the people taking them they're you know, they're always going to do well, regardless of what was, you know, the list like Tony Moore's not not a crap player is he you know yourself you know steve follows arguably one of the best like you know aos players out there at the moment i think did he win like three events in a row yeah it's four events in a row (laughs) and it was like the first four as well or something and like you've got and basically what i found at south coast you had order and destruction competing at the top tables and beating those armies so it was hard for me to see Oh, I think there is a little bit of an imbalance. I don't think it's a massive imbalance. I just think it is a little bit of one that you can basically get models for cheap, basically, yeah. and it's not re- and you can position them where you want, and you're quicker to get your army down. So it's as the game becomes more about positioning and yeah. objectives and having uh, different types of units rather than individual ones in different places. Summoning is still super strong and super flexible. It's just, yeah, it's not it's not a portal to value, which is what it was before. Yeah, and I think you know it's it, going forward with the comp. It would be what I would change almost straight away. Um, you know, it's it just is the the change that I would make um, to remove that. But I think the you know I still think it's it's uh, we did point some units appropriately because of the summoning. Um, but you know, it's like one of those things. I don't think it's a massive loophole. Just think at mm. that event, it looked really bad because you had death, death, death. It's just like, yeah. All with Mongols. Yeah, All but Mongols. every Death Army had a Mongol bar one. So <laughs> it's like I just hate them. That's all I just hate them. Yeah, I think the problem is I think a lot of people don't know how to deal with them, so you, you go, Oh, they're amazing. So they're pretty good, but crap annoy they don't score, especially yeah. in the general's handbook. They they do still score in the general's handbook. Yeah. They're a model, aren't they? So uh, but I mean not on their own. No, no, not on their own, no. But um yeah, it's uh, well. It depends on the mission. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you can score on the on some of the missions. You just, but anyway, um, yeah. I mean, they're not. They are good, but I think under General's handbook, they're a bit overpriced. So I think they're four hundred, aren't they? Uh, they are four hundred. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a bit more. It definitely yeah. it's a it's a concession. Well, they are strong. They do what they do. But when you're popping them in a list, other stuff has to go because that's a lot of points. Yeah, definitely. All good then. Little break and then on to the next topic. Yeah, I think cool. so. Is there any uh, best painted John uh, Wilmington? John Wilmington, yeah. His Chaos Army. I was really just nice. going to give a quick um, thing about the event. Actually, obviously, because the events, the awards at the end took like oh god, know, yeah. an extra hour yeah. or something. We were all waiting around. Um, the obviously because it was a dual event. And this this event really put me off of dual events now. To start um, one earlier than the other, like Mo did, it makes a lot of sense. It, if if you're gonna do it, do it properly. 
if or just don't bother. Um, if you're just trying to maximise the amount of money you're making at the event, then it's not it's not really. So if you're trying to do that, you want people to come back the next time. So yeah, about one. But I um I found that when the awards were being announced for the um the uh, ninth age guys, all the age of Sigma guys were there clapping. You know, not being ignorant dickheads. And then the AOS guys went up, ninth, load of ninth age groups of people just sat around constantly talking all the way through the awards thing, being loud, none of them clapping, just being fucking disrespectful. If, if you're not going to bother, just go home. Just There's no point in sitting around just being dicks, basically. Yeah. I just um, I just don't like it. I don't like the atmosphere. I don't like the fact there's loads of bodies in there, but half the people are basically doing something else. I, it just really bugs me. Um and there was a bit of heckling across the tables as well, which I don't like. Yeah, um, that was a bit. It was a bit much, to be honest. I didn't particularly like that. And I don't want to be negative on Ninth Edition. If you want to go and play Ninth Edition, that's fine. This we're not. We don't talk about Ninth Edition on this podcast. Um, but for a event which is mixed, I don't like it. I don't like the fact as well that um, you, you just have that little bit of you know get over it. A little bit of resentment and stuff, isn't it, almost, you know? It's just... I just... Yeah, I, I think I'm the same as you, Russ, as, like, you know, you just want people to get over it and stuff. And, and, and like Terry, I, I actually think that other than Clash now, because I've signed up for Clash, I won't go to another dual event. No, If I've it's a dual really event, not. I won't go. No, I won't go. I just can't be bothered with it. It's just not worth the... It, it, you know, unless it was everyone, like, everyone on the AOS thing were going with mates and stuff, then you'd probably want to go because you'd want to hang out and play those people but i, I, I think it definitely if the venue's big enough where you're not really like firestorm's big enough that it doesn't really matter you can also separate things so it doesn't feel like people people are being ignorant by not paying attention to the thing that's happening next to them because they'll be in their own section doing their own thing it's not about segregating people particularly but equally everyone who's in you want everyone who's in the room when there's prizes being given out to be people who care about the prices that have been given out. Otherwise, it doesn't do justice to the people who are receiving them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think as well, just to talk about this event in general, the food was bad. Um, the pre-event look, like run-up with the rules changes and some of the ch- decisions he was making was bad. Um, then you, you had, um, during the event, the timings went out of whack. And the at the end, the like the hour wait for the awards because they were making a PowerPoint presentation, which they put up on a screen that nobody really cared about. Um, doesn't matter. Just write the winners on a bit of scrap paper and read it out. It's what we do at South Coast. You know, I've literally got a little got a bit of scrap paper with the, with the winners, or I memorise it. I don't. I don't kind of see the point of having some fancy presentation delaying everyone by forty five minutes. Nobody cares. And then to go to that effort to do a presentation and not publish the results anywhere or have the results anywhere to be seen, um, it's just shocking. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna spend the effort doing it, then do it in the right place. You know, put the results up somewhere, you know, publish the spreadsheet, I don't know. But just don't you know, I mean, who cares about the logo and the, the, the text fading and yeah. Nobody cares, you know. It's and the, war the wrong way to do it. Yeah. Um, the awards were nice, though. Yeah, I got a nice little plate. 
So I think Martin Moran got an engraved tankardy thing for Sporting, yeah. didn't he? So that's um, cool. And then the little plate for best in faction was cool. Um, yeah. But, I actually really like it. I think it's one of the, the the nicer trophies I've got, along with the South Coast glass ones. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, I was a bit disappointed with the first place trophy being just like a glass, a big sort of glass hexagon. Um, whereas the best in faction is probably a better trophy. Yeah, those tiny little plates and stuff. If they had a bigger plate, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? So, yeah. That would be awesome. Right, so I think we'll take a break there and I'll be back in a minute. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break. Um, so we're going to talk about Reign of Stars now. We'll cover this in a little bit more detail, um, just because it's General's Handbook. Um, and, yeah, it was really cool. So uh, do you just give a rundown of the event, Les, and where it was and what it was yeah, of course. and who was running it and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so Rain Stars' event uh, being held in Chris Tomlin's hometown, which I cannot remember. I want to say Dorchester, Weymouth. but it's not. Weymouth. Weymouth. Yeah, Weymouth. Um, it One was job. One job. It was, uh, I know, but I haven't got it in front of me. Um, I'm going to wing it. The, uh, it was done for charity, wasn't it, for, I think it's uh, his sister-in-law's going to, is climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So he decided to run a an AOS tournament to sort of like support her and, and get sponsorship and stuff like that, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, it was uh, three games at the General's Handbook. Um, we didn't know what the missions were going to be, did we, like, on the day? Chris was going to call out the mission on the day. So you had to sort of like write a list that would be able to, perhaps compete in all six missions, even though Chris did allow a phase and point sideboard, didn't he, in this event, which I, I didn't take advantage of this uh, for me. I, I used it purely as Warlord's practice. I thought I'd take a list that I thought would be quite good at Warlord's um, and just sort of, like run with it for three events in a competitive environment. Um, and what about you two guys? Like, What did you think, like Terry and Russ? What did you do? I didn't want to reveal anything for warlords and i didn't have anything finished obviously so i took 2000 points of nurgle because i thought wow it's painted i can put it on the table i'll have some fun with it and i don't have to think about it because it's just done i don't have to do do any prep it was literally just submit two and two thousand like 200 points of nurgle and then just just pick it on the day um it's pretty solid list actually but yeah okay you you meant you didn't have to think about submission and painting rather than you didn't have to think while you were playing um or are they the same well it's all, all of that as well because i didn't have to think about loads of special rules it's just i know what yeah. all the noble stuff does i played it so much i just i just put it on the table and i know what it does yeah you've, you've got enough knowledge of the the list and you know roughly what it's going to do how it's going to perform against different units you don't have to yeah. look at the war scrolls and you know try and sort of like you miss rules out and stuff like that get ranges wrong you just know the army because you played so many games of it um which makes complete sense really why you why wouldn't you take something like that yeah so i just went i went simples yeah and in the same vein so did i i went back to my bloodbound after uh dabbling with Gore Chosen and uh, getting excited for some of yeah. the new characters, um, I decided that I was going to take my Bloodbound. Um, 
and I tried, wanted to try out all the new characters, and I took eight heroes, um, <laughs> because that's the number of corn, and I got some skull um, shot glasses, so that's shot glasses in the shape of skulls, and I it's BYOB, so I decided to bring beer and Kraken, and um, my plan was to make up for the fact I couldn't drink at Bristol, um, which I succeeded at quite spectacularly in this <laughs> event. Um, can you um, take a, uh, back to proper gaming questions, how many characters can you take under General's Handbook? Six, but this was General's Handbook with no restrictions. So Chris chose to do that because there wasn't time for people to yeah. adjust appropriately, but he did want them to be playing with the same rules. Yeah. Yeah, so he just wanted the points and the missions um, and then the rules of one, but not the um, limitations on must have battle line, must have, can't have one for behemoths, all that kind of stuff. Cool. So were a lot of people taking the, I, I will practice for General's Handbook proper and taking battle no. line? No. No, just, no. Yeah. no just pretty much everyone had could. illegal lists. Yeah. Um, so my, to be honest, my list was legal as long as I dropped one of the heroes. If I just because I wasn't running all eight in every game, no. Um, but I just wanted to try out all the. It was a good opportunity for me to try out all the heroes I've never used. So I had the exalted Deathbringer with Impaling Spear, the aspiring Deathbringer with the um, Gorax and Gorammer, and the Skull Grinder. Uh, all three of those I've never used. Um, I took Valkyria, the bloody useless, as Liam calls her, and I'm starting <laughs> to agree. She's going to stay away for a while. Yeah. Um, Slaughter Priest, because i still got my love-hate relationship with that model. Um, love the model, hate it in the game. Yeah. Um, every time he needs to be good and it matters, he does nothing. When it doesn't matter, it's like, yeah, six mortal wounds! <sighs> yeah, well done, you've killed those two goblins. Well done. Yeah, or sort of priest in our fluff game at Warhammer Worlds. Yeah, like sniping characters left, right, and centre. So, like, what oh. specifically is the ability that does that for people who don't know? Yeah, blood boil. So he does his prayer, sixteen inch range on a four up, uh, take d six mortal wounds, uh, or sixteen inch range on a four up. Your the unit has to run as quick as it can towards you. Uh, the range is a bit small, and it's only on a fifty fifty. And also the. Um, if you'd killed something around before, then it's on a free plus. But I think you kind of with a slaughter you almost just want to be running him into combat behind your blood warriors and just hope he they they don't focus on him because there's so many priority heroes to take out that he's not that high priority. It's kind of how the list works in general, isn't it? You see a lot yeah. of a lot of well, we I placed placed a thousand points with five characters, I yeah. think, at Brothers this weekend. So. It's a very character-heavy army. Well, they're 80 points. Why Most not? of the heroes are 80 to 100 points. They're just an absolute bargain. Um, but yeah, I basically took the... So I just I didn't take the Wrathmonger formation. Um, I only took two units of Wrathmongers. Because I think they're a bit overpriced now. and They're, they're yeah. essential to have one unit. Um, two units is good as well, um, depending on what you're playing against. But um, they just... What so, do they do? What, Wrathmongers? Yeah. They do the thing where... You, when they die in the combat phase, you can pick a model within two and it can then make it attack itself or another thing. So, against super characters, it gives you a way of going. You can run into combat with them, hit them, and they can either retreat or hit you back, kill you, and then you obviously that model then attacks itself. So, they're quite good at dealing with super characters, people are quite scared of them, and also every model within three gets plus one attack so you can um put them behind your units far enough away that 
the enemy can't benefit from it, but all your men do. Um, and if they do sloppy piling around the sides of your unit, if they charge it, then they normally leave one model within free. And then you, you get to pile in with the whole unit of Wrathmongers. Um, and because they've got two inch reach, you can attack over the top and they've got Ren. So they're, they're pretty good. I mean, but they're, they've only got a five up save, three wounds. Um, 180 points is quite a steep price tag when you can pick up five Skull Reapers for 140. So I, I hate Skull Reapers so, so good. much. I hate them so much. Uh, I found that when we, the reason I took Bloodbound, after we did that battle report, yeah. um, I just went, wow, the new Allegiance abilities makes these guys super legitimate. Like yeah. really, really good, um, but that's why I just decided to go with Bloodbound, basically. So, that's yeah, it's cool. good. Um, so, should we talk? We won't talk about our weird experience staying in Dorchester. No, um, let's not bother. Because <laughs> it was enough said. Enough yeah. said. They can smell outsiders, definitely. Um, and we thought that they're the the like the the only like food place open. On a Friday night at like half nine or ten o'clock at night, was a Turkish kebab shop, and we thought these two northern guys were going to kick off because they they couldn't understand what the guy was saying, but yeah. I couldn't understand what you were saying either. So, no. or or a travel lodge with no car park, yeah, and yeah. no person on reception. Yeah, you just type in your car, put your and type in your card, card number, spout at you, yeah, like goes to your room. So yeah, it's um, surreal. It was really bizarre. Um, <laughs> Welcoming Weymouth, yeah. So Ronin starts only one day, so Saturday, yeah. and obviously there was a charity raffle, wasn't there? And everyone had to bring like something worth a tenner if you wanted some tournament points. So yeah, of soft scores. Bought the minimum. That's what, what you do in it. Yeah, I, I just got rid of some <laughs> min ca- max those min max those uh, raffle tickets. Got like I think I dropped on a chaos sorcerer that I bought for when we were going to do the team event ages ago. I, this is this is how bad I was. I bought one of these start collecting boxes. Yeah. Um, just because I wanted. Arcan and like the rest of the models is like a pound. Yeah. And I went, I don't really want the Black Knights because I've already got loads. So I'll put those in a bag. They'll go in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so someone got some Hacktracer for you, though. So. Well, yeah. I mean, it's still a, it's still a, you know, £10 worth of models or more, isn't it? Yeah. So, so. You, um, got Terry, uh, you got Terry a massive bargain, didn't you? Well, yeah. We won't ruin that. We'll talk about the end when we do the oh. raffle. The. The two-hour raffle award yeah. ceremony, which uh, was more <laughs> criticism of the event, really. But you also had some sweet glasses you could buy as well, really nice. Yeah. You got Byron one, didn't you? Yeah, Yay. which I think he left in my house this weekend. Oops. Because I've got two again. I don't know how I've got two. You can dual-wield like the barbarian that you are until I come. Yeah. <laughs> unless, you, uh, unless you took one back and I've got somebody else's, I don't know. But, <laughs> Very possible. Um, yeah, so they were really nice. And um, obviously... It was in the same place that they had New Dawn, and I was looking forward to the fish and chips. We'll talk about that later. Um, so, do you want to just go into game one? Yeah, that's cool. Do you want me to go first, or Terry? Yeah, you go first. Yeah. So, um, I had a grudge game one against Dom Hook because I've never played Dom before, and uh, like we've always been sort of avoiding each other all the way through eighth, um, and we haven't played at AOS. So I was like, you know what, grudge Dom. Um, he had a not a cutting edge Skaven build he had a few different things in it that you wouldn't expect to see in the Skaven army like I think he had a, a Warbringer um, Vermin Lord as we well as it was the bad one I listened yeah. to their podcast today yeah said, oh that's the bad one isn't it it's, I actually thought he was alright it wasn't too bad I mean it didn't matter much because he didn't do a lot but um, it, it, I, I, on paper it looks quite good um, 
he took uh, the Deceiver, um, he took a unit of Storm Fiends, um, and he took a unit of Storm Vermin and some other bits, and it'll walk in canon. You know, I can't remember exactly what was in his list. I think Chris has put the list up. Um, but yeah, we played the the four points one. I can't remember the name of it in the General's Handbook. It's the one where you score a major victory from turn three if you hold all of the objectives. Blood and Glory, I think it is. Is it Blood and Glory? Yeah, and then a minor, a minor if you hold more than your opponent, isn't it, or something like that? But yeah. the end. Um, and they tick over, don't you? You capture them, and then they are yours. Yeah, you until can you're... pick them up, walk away, and I think you just need the most models within yeah. six. And... That's it, yeah. Because it's one model. You could almost capture it with one model if one model's in six. Because yeah. um, I made a mistake later on uh, in a different mission. Um, but yeah, it was. It started out... Dom sort of split his army. Um, he had sort of like the Warbringer and the Storm Vermin on his right flank. He had his Storm Fiends and his Rat Ogres and stuff on his left flank because he had a unit of Storm Fiends and a big unit of Rat Ogres. Um, and he had a, the, the Warp Lightning Cannon in the middle. I think his idea was that he was going to sort of like hold both, um, both objectives early on. Um, I basically sort of gun lined it like normal 20 judicators down um priming the sky um the the fighty parts of the formation in the sky as well um and i put both units of liberators on the objectives um the idea being is that i wanted to sort of like focus the shooting on the the parts that that needed to be sort of like dealt with early on i.e like not the deceiver because you never shoot the deceiver but um perhaps the warbringer and uh, and the storm vermin i I deployed him, um, and I kind of looked there, and I was like, I'm going to let Dom go first, because normally what happens with every Skaven player I've played with the Deceiver is that they go, I've got like a big, juicy target of Judicators on my backfield, and what normally happens is that they get a little bit excited, and they put the Deceiver over, and they kill a unit of Judicators, and then I kill the Deceiver. Um, because he usually comes in, I take a turn, and then if I double turn, then the deceiver's definitely dead. Um, didn't sort of did the same thing again. Let Dom go first. He basically chucked the deceiver over, shot a unit of judicators off. Well, shot a unit of judicators, ended up battle shocking them off, um, killed another unit of judicators. So I was down two units of judicators on the first turn. Um, I then waited um I, I didn't drop the, the the slayers i don't think in my turn then i think i waited a little bit um managed to sort of like chip off the the, the deceiver with some shooting which i was a bit lucky with um and also the relictor using his um i can't think it was his lightning storm ability yeah and um, took a few wounds off it that way um he dom then I, I then got the double turn um, and then decided to drop the, the formation then rather than try and maximize on the first turn. Um, I didn't really want to be sort of because if you don't get the bizarre do- choice, because like, if you do it the second the, when you do get the turn, you're only getting one turn. If you do it on the other turn, you, you, yeah, you've got it's- a chance at two. I um I, I made like a, a multitude of mistakes at the start of this game where I initially I don't think I should have got Dom first turn. Um I think I should have gone first. Um also I think I probably should have dropped that turn. I can't remember, I might have got it wrong, it's just trying to remember it all. But um I don't think I dropped the first one. I think I when I won the double turn I then come down. Um I, I basically deployed the, 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 the formation so that I could kill the deceiver with the protectors um and fight his uh, storm vermin with the decimators because it's surprising how much room you can spread out that formation because you've got the 12 inch bubble and then you put like tag one 
one model out of the decimator unit, say, at the very edge of that 12-inch bubble, so it's then within 12 inches, and then spread them out, so you almost cover... 24 inch across, isn't it? Yeah, you almost cover the entire board. Because you've got that extra, it's twenty four inches across, isn't it? But you've yeah, also and then you can have the one guy on it within that range, yeah. and the rest to the other side of it. So. Yeah, you can almost cover the entire table with like the one drop. Um, so yeah, the decimators went into the storm vermin and didn't kill them. Did I, I, I can remember rolling particularly um, particularly bad in in this game. Like the judicators were a bit lackluster for a couple of turns. Um, decimators didn't kill the, the storm vermin, but eventually ground them off, um, but died themselves at the same time. If that makes sense, like they they went, they, they sort of like neutered themselves because I didn't get the the, the impact that I needed to get with the decimators because they're like a big impactful unit. Aren't they they come in, they sort of like smash a unit that's tightly bunched up. Usually it battle shocks off, but if it doesn't battle shock off, then you're actually sort of like restricting how much how many attacks you can put out with them in the following turn. So they, as the unit dies slowly, you get worse at fighting because you haven't got the models to pump up their attacks. Um, so yeah, like they eventually got ground off. They ground off each other. The the storm vermin and the uh, the decimators. Um, the the warbringer I managed to shoot off, which was was quite nice. Um, and and I think the protectors ended up killing killing the deceiver. Um, at this point, I was up two, um, and it was getting to sort of like turn three or four. Um, I decided that I was gonna. He had a unit of clam rats on his um, on his right hand side, holding his objective, um, and I was getting a little bit excited. And Don was trying to get me to come down and fight his storm fiends with the, the prime, but I dropped the prime down and killed the clam rats um, and took the objective in the, the, the his his right hand corner. Yeah. Um, he then pushed up to um he then pushed up with his storm fiends and shot my unit of liberators that were in the the woods holding the next objective um storm fiends did what they do and like completely obliterated the 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 liberators but that allowed him then not to be able to charge to capture the objective oh because he killed them all because he killed them all yeah so he i still held the objective um, it was then my turn. Um, at this point, the, the protectors had made their way over the table and I was fighting his, his rat ogres while still shooting with the judicators because the judicators sort of like their their shots come up to being like a bit average and I was killing stuff again because they were a bit lackluster early on. Um, and I looked at it and I went, right, it's, it's turn three. Um, measured the distance to the... Um, made sure that the Celestant was in range of the protectors because I gave him the ability, the reckless ability to re-roll, charge, uh, re-roll charges and runs, mm. um, measured the distance, looked there, and went, oh, if, I roll a, if I roll a six, you know, I get on your objective and there's nothing there holding it. Um, and then I capture all four and that's a win. Um, and I popped the six without the re-roll and managed to get them into the objective and uh, auto one, two and three. Because just the game finishes then and there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. So, um, Which I thought Don played quite well. Um, I think early on I made a couple of mistakes that he, he failed to capitalise on a little bit maybe. Um, and, you know, I, it just... The judicators over the course of the game, it's like if they don't die, they just... Even if they roll a bit below average on the first couple of turns, when they come up to rolling about right, they just take stuff off and it's like with scaven there there isn't a lot that can stand up to the minus one rend to be honest i but, think as well like it's quite an easy thing with the general's handbook missions just to just to have that auto win condition and you just go oh oh, oh man just lost and it's yeah. like you, you know because it's yeah. the end of their turn isn't it so yeah like, 
It was. It was. I mean, I, I did try and maximise the shooting and stuff. And I, I think if I hadn't have rolled that six, it would have been a minor win to me. But it it was just the the ability. I, I looked at it, measured it, and Dom looked at my face, and I was like, if I roll a six, I'm in, and I can re-roll because I'm within range of the Celestant. So it, I gave myself two chances to do it, but um, I didn't need it in the end. And you know, it was. I actually really liked that mission. I th- I thought it was really yeah. good. It made you think a couple of turns ahead again, which is something that I I'm really into with the General's Handbook. You have to you have to pl- definitely play for the mission every time. Yeah, cool. So, right. cool. Terry, who did you play? I had a grudge with uh, Matt Lyons. Um, we've not played in AOS at this point. Last game was back way back in 8th edition. Um, so it's good to get on the table again with my, my Nurgle filth and... Uh, well, literally filth, because it's not actually that strong, but yeah. Um <laughs> He uh excuses in early Terry. Yeah. Yeah. He um he had Scarbrand, some warp fire storm fiends, a warp lightning cannon, a bunch of blood warriors, Sal the Faithless, some Storm Vermin. It's it's just filth. Like absolute filth. Um But yeah, it was uh it would have been a really balanced game if my play clause hadn't of done one wound over five turns which was pretty spectacular so out of they both fired every turn so two two play claws ten shots over the game out of those nine sometimes hitting on twos i hit once in the entire game and i did one wound when i finally got a single hit through i rolled a one So I invested those 360 points of play claws, which could have like destroyed units of storm vermin each turn. The blood warriors, the wrathmongers as well. Um, You know, they the shooting would have been insane if it had just been average. But the fact that I caused one wound in the entire game with shooting was just it was terrible. But the problem Um, is you've got to shoot Scarbrand off because you can't fight him. Yeah. Um, because obviously the list is just a, a great and clean one. I took six beasts, six drones, 30 plague bearers, some nerglings, epidemus. That was your problem, uh, you took beasts and nurgle. They, yeah. they were actually pretty good at yeah. that moment. I don't believe you. They Stop were pretty lying. good. Um, I just think you've got this like soft spot for them. They're like, you're still like, oh, back in like 8th edition, you're my crutch. Um, oh, I just, Kyros they fit in the nurgle. Oh. <laughs> they, they they're all I had to really fill it out to yeah. two thousand points of Nurgle, so and two yeah. play claws in there as well. Um, but yeah, Matt got the got the win because he Scarbrand just ran into my army and and just sort of killed. Great clean one, the drones, the beasts. Um, yeah, it, it didn't go particularly well. The beast of Nurgle, obviously, because they can run and charge, did go and kill a kill a warp lightning cannon on my first turn though, which was quite nice. Um, they got a good old charge off over there and, and killed that. Um, I think over the course of the game, I got my tally up to about five. Because um, I didn't really kill much. So that was a bit of a shame as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it was a fun game. Um, and Matt was saying that he, he was struggling with the battle line stuff because he had to put his Storm Vermin in two tens, um, which aren't even even battle line, but for that objective, um, he had to take the Blood Warriors in tens to get the special weapon, um, so he actually only had one battle line unit in his army. Yeah. Um, just because 
you know, he, he didn't want to take them in fives. They might have even been a unit of 15. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was sort of common over the weekend to see people not using battle line cause they didn't have to. Yeah, exactly. the sort of, the general sort of thing is people people weren't really impressed with them at this point. So, um, but yeah, no, good, good game and uh, yeah, I lost, but you know, happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I played uh, a chap called Chris Lewis and he was using um, bone splitters. Um, so I was ruin the day that we did the bone splitters show and told everyone what was really good because <laughs> he basically just put it on the table in front of me <laughs> um it wasn't quite the the list that we were talking about he didn't have the cunning ruck and um yeah. a few other bits which are really key um but it was nice to see him in action it was nice to see a pure bone splitter army and, and you know he was he was rocking his uh you know, he was doing his stare at me and stuff. It was it was pretty fun. Um, nice chap. Loads of models on the table. I think he had over 120 orcs on the table. It was crazy. Really? Like two massive hordes of like 40 with like... And then he had all his um, big stabbers in the middle, like wrapped around the in the middle of all the boys. Yeah. Um, but made the classic mistake... Bloodbound battle line with the banners planted. Run at you. Runs into it. Yeah. It all dies. Uh, his stuff, that is. Um, did you get a sad on like I do? No. Oh, no. Um, and then I pushed across the table back at him in like a counter attack. The, um, the crushers basically they do the job where they go and attack an objective and the other guys sit on the others and force, force the issue. Um, I got into the um, the crushers I actually put in the middle of the table, and what he did is he had a unit of uh, boar boys and he cast the hand of Gorka and make them fly, and they were stood behind the um, uh, behind the Arab boys. And what he was doing is basically making them fly, get double move, and then just literally launching them across the table into something. Um, but what I found is the the, the savage orcs just don't do enough damage. They roll loads of dice, but it doesn't really matter. They they no. just they just don't do a lot. Um and they're you know, they're big unwieldy units and they're susceptible to battle shock and um yeah, blood warriors are blood warriors, they they're just great, aren't they? I mean just I just love them. The more I play with them, the more I love them. Um <laughs> I put the um crushers up the middle of the table straight into the Arab boys in the middle, managed to kill those and get, get round the back. Um uh, I was looking a little bit hairy at one point, but I managed to just come good. I just took a load of losses. I mean, don't get me wrong. I My units got proper smashed up, but um, they took the orcs down, so it was all good. But can't remember the ins and outs of it too much because uh, I think I started the game by uh, slamming some skull shots. So, I think uh, you went over so... to you. You made Andy Talbot. I did. Yeah, <laughs> straight away. I, I, I remember freaking him out with a tweet because I basically tweeted him the night before and basically just said something like, you know, like, I'm going to skull shot you in the morning or something. And he was just like, I don't even know what this means. So I went over with my glasses and I basically filled it up with pure Kraken. There was nothing else in it but Kraken. So it was, and, he, and I was just like, yeah, you got to do this. He's like, I hate you. I well, hate you so much. I'm not doing it. I was like, yeah, you got to do it. When um, Russ says a skull shot as well, what he means is it's a shot glass that's about the size of your average cup of tea. <laughs> it's not that it's actually not I've measured it out of a proper shot glass 
it's a little bit bigger if you fit it right up to the brim, which of course I did to Andy's one. Yeah. And he was good. That is not a shot. That's like two shots. And I was like, no, it's not. It's fine. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> um, that's how I started the day. Um, and then I was doing, I did a couple, I did one with Aaron, I did one with Tomlin. Um, yeah. You know, my opponent wasn't drinking. So now it's just like, well, I'll drink for him. Yeah. Um, so I kept doing skull shots during the game, like just to keep myself entertained. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I got the blood band out, enjoyed it. The, uh, the using like the impaling spear was cool. Um, but yeah, you, you got any stories from that game with the impaling spear? Um, no, no, no. Just, just, just cool that he had a big stick and he was poking stuff. Uh, I think the funniest, like the thing that really freaked me out was the um, the damage you take from killing the guys with the big stabbers. Oh, I hate it when they do the D three mortal wounds when they die. It's just like, oh no, stop it. Yeah, I played um, Sedge and he he didn't tell me that they did that, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna kill that with this, and then he was like, oh yeah, they do just mortal wounds. I'm like, what? Yeah, just D three when they die, so it would yeah. be free. Like, Final Bri- fling. I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> That's that <laughs> unit dead then. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and they're really good because you can kind of go. If you don't kill them, they do loads of damage. If you kill them, they do loads of damage. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> they're a good unit, man. They are. A good yeah, team. they are definitely. Um, but that was my first game. That was a win for me, um, from far as I can remember. Yeah, all good. Cool. So uh, we had luncheon, didn't we? We had uh, yeah. the, the the famous fish and chips that I've never had, which was were pretty awesome, to be honest. Yeah, I really like it. It's, the fish isn't really greasy. It's nice. It's good food. I was uh, I was needing a bit of ballast at that point. I think I went yeah. on an ice cream in a ice cream in a soda run. Yeah, as, uh, Matt was telling me it's like it's like go down and get some pop and an ice cream. And uh, yeah, it was good. We went. That's probably the most I spent time with you on it, Terry, that weekend. Yeah, we were saying we barely saw each other at the weekend because you obviously drove down with Les and I drove myself because I only lived down the road. So it was one of the ones where I could actually only. Drive there and back, and easy for once. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's good when you only just. It's nothing nicer than having a a local tournament. I don't think. To be yeah. honest, um, fish and chips were good. No curry sauce this time though, but don't mind. Oh, yeah, no. don't. That's a sore point with yeah. uh, with the old Tomlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh well, we had the um, the joy of uh, seeing some of the painted armies as well, which is pretty good. Yeah. There was a, there's quite a few actually down there that were, were really nice. I thought again, Matt's Matt's looked great. Um, you know, blowing my own trumpet, I had my Stormcast out. Um, Gary had his first time I seen, first time I met Gary Hennessy, and also sort of saw his army, which was really nice. Um, ben from Bristol, um, uh, Ben Chalk. That's it. Ben Chalk couldn't, couldn't remember his last name. Then um, he had his sort of like his giant army out, didn't he? Because he took the sense of Bayamut formation. Didn't yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he had loads of giants. They're really cool. Um, obviously, you had my army out there, you know. Just oh yeah, 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 and yours, yeah, yours that, you know. And then Adam Alfred had his weird Zinch army, hurt um, my eyes. Which, yeah, I'm not not a fan of that one. It's, um, it's wild painted. It's, it's not. Painted. It's messy. It's, no, it's messy, and the colours clash. It hurts my eyes. <laughs> if you're going to use bright colours, just make them nice and pleasing, and then uh, it's okay. But um, it's cool. There's some cool things in it. I just think it's he did paint it super quick for the event, though. Yeah. Um, I think uh, if he puts a bit more effort and time into it and trying to help with some of the transitions, I think it'd be a really nice army. But um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. The colours just clashed too much for me. Yeah, you like a, a strong colour theory in the limited palette, don't you? A lot of the time. 
yeah, but that's just me. You know, I'm yeah. sure some people were like, "Wow, yellow and really bright yellow next to a really bright other color that clashes." Um, brilliant, but not for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, Adam did put his army up for um, raffle, didn't he? As well, yeah. Which we should mention, which I thought was pretty pretty legit. I don't think I'd ever do anything like that. No, um, I hate charity anyway, and that's like <laughs> charity <laughs> begins at home, doesn't it, Russ? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't believe in charity too much, um, <laughs> and I think like so an army that you've painted as well that you've yeah. won awards with and stuff. I don't think I'd ever put it up for a raffle. I mean, I wouldn't even sell it, let alone put it up for a raffle. So yeah, it's a pretty pretty good gesture of him. So so you might why he's a top bloke. Yeah, especially if you bled, like, because each army you put so much, like, your blood, sweat, and tears into. It's like, if you put it in, like, Harry Potter terms, they're like your horcrux, aren't they? Like, you put a little bit of your soul into it. And I, I just don't think I could sell don't, it on. Don't quote Harry Potter on the show. It's not, it's not cool. It's. What? <laughs> I have no idea what you're on about either. <laughs> Byron does, don't you, Byron? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you don't speak for him. Um. Little insight into or Les's. Crutch. What's that? Or crutch. <laughs> Dom, Dom Hook can tell you all about those. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. yeah. So uh, we should probably swiftly go into round two. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So um, there was a bit of a uh, a, a draw. Uh, went up in round two, which was Matt uh, Lyons against Aaron Bailey and um, me against Steve Hussall. Um And Matt and Aaron came over and was like, basically, we'd rather not play. So they, they sort of like diced off um, and I got to play Aaron. I'd never played Aaron before, but like obviously we'd hung out at Matt's stag and stuff and I'm aware of him. We, we you know, he's a top bloke. Um, looking at his list on the table, um, he essentially took Alariel, um, Durthu, six Kernoff Hunters with bows um, and he took against me uh, a unit of Dryads and a Branch Witch. Did you use Dreitcher? Um, oh, and Dreitcher, sorry. Yeah, and Dreitcher. Um, Sylvaneth aren't any good though, are they? No, they're not. Um, it depends if you're playing. It depends if I'm playing them or not. Um, so he... He had this sort of setup, and we were playing the, um, the essentially the Reliquary mission from South Coast, right? I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's the yeah, capture the two points, isn't it? Yeah, so. it's the, the nine inch on table. No, one. isn't no. We played Border War. Didn't no, we? that was the no, last no. It mission. wasn't Border War was the last mission. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, Aaron set up very centrally um, and deployed his Sylvaneth Wildwoods. Um, sorry, he deployed Sylvaneth Wildwoods completely over one of the the sort of like the reliquaries um, objectives, and I, I I won the roll off for the table sides, and I'm like, well, you're not having the table side with your trees on. Yeah. So I, I I had the table side with the trees on and just made sure that I didn't run through the forests. Um, obviously, I didn't have any magic, so I didn't worry about too much casting spars and taking the mortal wounds. Um, Aaron set really centrally and deployed Alarial with Dorothy right next to her, um, and sort of like six Colonel Hunters off to the left. Um, he deployed Dreitcher off on his flank. Um, and he then deployed like the, the the dryads and the the branch witch in the hidden sanctuaries, so they're not on the table. 
Um, I did uh, sort of like your standard thing, uh, put a load of judicators down. Um, knowing how the list works, obviously Durthu is a massive threat, so is Droitcher, but the biggest threat in that army is the damage five from, from Ilarial. Also her spell, like Metamorphosis, is really good. You know, the range threat and the fact that she essentially heals everything in his army early on. You know, she is the, the linchpin. So I looked at it and went, I should be able to deal with it turn one if i can if i get above average rolls um completely completely missing durfu's rules Durfu yeah take the wound instead thing yeah. which means you're never going to kill her on the first turn no um completely missed out on the durfu thing um so yeah i i think you know i still feel a little bit hard done by for the amount of wounds i put on her but um basically i i put the entire unit of protectors into Ilarial with the 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 skyborne slayer formation drop um i then deployed the decimators to bump their attacks from the bump up their attacks from the colonel hunters but still be in range to hit Ilarial with their axes and put their star soul maces on Ilarial as well um, I also allowed the, the Lord Celestant enough room to get into fight with his damage to sword because I was giving him the relic blade. Um, so I basically put 20 judicators into Alariel, um, the swishy cloak, um, mortal wounds from the Celestant into Alariel, um, three star soul maces, uh, some D6 wounds from the protectors, and some attacks from the decimators. Um, and I think I put nine wounds on her. And I put seven wounds on Durthu because out of those, mm. the wounds that she'd... So obviously, I would have killed her, but like Durthu like, took seven of the wounds away from her. Um, and I thought, dependent on how it goes there, like, I looked at it and went, brilliant, that's me, that's game. Because essentially, Aaron rolled quite well, put, basically healed Elariel back up to four wounds, healed Durthu back up to four wounds. Um, and then... Ascent just took off the paladins and the, the Celestant. Um, we we played. Uh, he then got sort of caught up with with killing some stuff, um, and he pushed sort of like Dreitcher forward, and and I was sort of like scrambling the the, the judicators out of the way a little bit. Um, my idea being is that he if he's fighting judicators, he's not capturing the objective. Um, so I sort of like, he, he, he come over and tried to kill some of the judicators, um, and he deployed his, um, dryads to hold his objective. Yeah. So at this point I looked at it again, it's another one of those missions where on turn three, you can auto win if you hold both objectives. Um, and I looked at it and went, right, he's got sort of 10 dryads there. I, I focused all of my shooting into the dryads and didn't do enough wounds and i thought right if i bring the prime down the prime comes in smashes the dryads off the objective i've got my objective turn three and i capture his objective turn three but i basically made the complete again oversight of in five this models. mission you need five models don't you yeah. not not single model because only one do you need yeah. like more than one model yeah so i even told chris because like Aaron was caught up killing stuff and Chris was like is it over and I was like well this is my plan and Chris didn't say anything knowing for a while because he played it the other day that you couldn't do it that way um, which was again like you know it's an oversight is what practice is there for isn't it really um, and uh, it got to the point where I Aaron I was fighting to keep Aaron off the major win 
So um, it, it came down to sort of like I had to kill his, I had to kill one, the, the branch witch or something like that um, with a unit of judicator shooting to keep him off the major victory and make it a minor. But um, I didn't manage to do it. Um, and, you know, he, he played quite a tight game. And other than sort of like getting a little bit excited and trying to kill the judicators, um, I, I think he, he, he did the right things. Um, you know, I didn't think, I didn't think Dreitcher was particularly good in the game, um, but how resilient Colonel of Hunters are with their sort of like re-roll saves and stuff was it was brilliant and you know Dorothy taking the wounds for uh, for Ilario was amazing yeah really. I think you would have been better off in this probably probably covering old ground is not dropping on turn one um, and playing for the double turn because at least then you've got two turns to try and take them out yeah. before they heal and also you probably would have been better off going after the scoring like the unit holding like the models reduce him like kill the 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 units that score yeah and he can't you know he just can't capture the objectives at all the thing he didn't put the dryads out until no 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 it it was a bit of a again yeah i I think you're right i think maybe maybe drop to turn three yeah wait and see because then if you drop turn three you might be able to contest both objectives on that turn yeah i think what i looked at was i didn't want him being all up in my face turn one with a because i don't think i need to keep her arm's length and i think if i if i'm sort of like sit off her then she's got too fast to move you know with Do you that think that's the move. problem with judicators are a bit slow um, no, I think that with how fast like, the monsters are these days is that you can't just keep away from them. The have you thought inch... about taking adjudicators and literally spreading them out really far apart? And have them as like individual units. But then you can't. I like to be able to focus far. It's the, the they've problem... still got a 24-inch range. It's true, but if you've got... So if you spread them out, you've got units in, say, you know, you keep them 12 inches apart. You know, that 12 inches is means the difference of you putting in four units adjudicators onto a critical target or three units or two units. So I, I do try and keep them to cover the board space to make it so that there's a choice in what you go for, go, go to try and attack. But I think, again, it, it depends. It depends what you're playing against. I think it's all like a learning curve at the moment. I, I think in some games that having the four being able to focus fire, like if you play against a Scarbrand, being able to put four units adjudicators on Scarbrand is essential. Having them spread out means that you might not be able to get all four onto Scarbrand. Yeah, but if you're... I mean, Scarbrand's eight-inch move with no fly. Yeah. So you're just not... You know, he's got to come at within range of all four, whereas because Alario's so quick, you're you probably going, well, if I put them all quite close, maybe you can get a two-for-one or, yeah. you know, especially with, like, Dreitcher teleporting and doing the AoE stuff. I mean, you might be better off just spreading out a bit. Um, I mean, yeah, I had them in. It wasn't like they were all bunched. I had two in the centre of the table and two on each flank, uh, one on each flank. So yeah, but they're not that far away, are they? With a with like a, a charge and a pile, and you can prob and the size of a base, you can probably clip both units. The ones in the middle, yeah, definitely. I don't think the ones on the flanks would. I think that was you know that was again a, a fault there. But it was a first time playing against um, Alario. Uh, yeah, that's why like, you considered that's, it. So it was that's why you play these games and it's practice yeah i didn't really care about finishing well it was more a case of like practicing with the list and seeing how how it fared and and stuff and that was you know it was good to play against aaron and you know to play against that list i mean it didn't really give me any insights for me taking something similar to um brothers of sigmar for, for me personally but you know I, I can see the the strength there and obviously aaron played it quite well didn't he so 
Yeah, it's all pretty good. Who did you play, Terry? I played a chap called uh, Ian Crook. So he said he's from Bristol. It was one of his second or third games of Age of Sigma. And he was using a goblin, like a big horde of night goblins, a block of six trolls, two mangler squigs, a bunch of like cheap little characters and a load of squig herders, big unit squigs, and he had like fanatics, like piled in to his big night goblin shooty block. Um, so moon clan. It was. It was. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> With trolls? Yeah. yeah. Um, This, right, well, he was new to the game and play claws if they hit do wonders against 40 night goblins in a block. And this game, they actually rolled to hit and (laughs) deleted, I think, on the first two shots of them, I killed most of the squigs and squig herders. In the second turn, I killed most of the night goblins. Uh, my beast of Nurgle, my six beast Nurgle, killed the entire unit of trolls. All right. So they were in range of the great unclean one, so they get the double damage. Yeah. Um, I got through plus one attack as well from a roll of seven for my charge from the great unclean one's ability, and gave them plus one to hit from the great unclean one as well. So they were hitting on threes. And they were doing double damage. The tally was already full, so they were re-rolling ones to hit and wound as well. I think before double damage across their D6 attacks and their D3 attacks, I did maybe 20 to 30 wounds, which obviously doubles. So they just killed pretty much every single troll. I think they killed five out of the six in one round. Um Obviously, they, they were in a good position because of their, their extra damage. Um, and then just played Claude a lot of stuff. And it was more of a, if he sat off me, he was going to get killed by Plague Claws. So he pushed everything in. And um, a Mangler Squig went into Epidemus and one-shot him, which was a bit sad. Because I, I got my tally full, went in, and then he killed Epidemus like the turn after I had my tally full, after I used it on the beasts. And that was then I lost him and... I think that's actually all I lost in that game. Um, but I just piled in. My whole army just flooded into the Reliquy, and um, I captured both of them on turn maybe three or four. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a nice chat, but obviously a bit of a, a mismatch because he had a very weird Moon Clan, not very not optimised list at all. But nothing really did any significant damage other than the Mangler Squigs, which I killed first. And then the, the Nurgle stuff just grinds for it quite happily. Um, great and clean one went in and started chopping some stuff up as well. He killed a Mangler Squig. Um, but yeah, no, a good game. And it was nice to nice to see the Nurgle wall actually work because the Plague Claws did their job for once. Yeah, sounds uh, like they're pretty... I mean, like, Goblins don't have a lot of armour, do they? So no, you, I mean, your stuff actually does nothing damage. did had armour, really, other than the Trolls with their four-up save thing when you kill one um, yeah. but the, the sheer amount of wounds they took, that save didn't really help them at all Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good, good game enjoyable that's cool, um, I ended up playing uh, Carl Breakspear, which is a guy that I knew from back in the day of working in GW Swindon when he was a lad um, 
so it was nice to nice to actually get to play him on the table. Uh, he was using Death. He had Manfred, which is a bit of a left field choice. Um, he also had a Vampire on foot with wings, uh, which he was using the Curse Book with. Um, and he had the Obligatory. I think he had a Mongol. And he had a unit of like four Morgoth's Archai. Um, but what he did is um, he came at me, of, of course, um, and he put the Morgast Archai like out of range of his characters, so they didn't have the death save, and um, it allowed me to basically charge them with a unit of Blood Warriors and just kill them, um, because through the attacks and then him attacking me, and then I think it's unit is only two, there's only two Morgoths. Um and then him attacking me, killing a couple, then then attacking again, and the saves and the rebounding. He just it just basically killed them in one round. Um, he yoloed uh, Manfred into my army with the Mongol, um, but I was able to wrathmonger him basically. So Manfred killed himself, um, and then I got into his objective, and then I realised I didn't have enough models back on mine. So I had to run some of my characters back just to stand around it to uh, capture it. Um, and then I, I had both, and that ended the game on turn four, I think. But um, yeah, I think he didn't have the units to get round me, and he, he chucked his characters away quite cheaply um, because they weren't supported. And they, again, fighting a Bloodbound army that's all kind of supporting each other, bunched up and within your banner range is, is never a good idea. So it was uh, it was pretty legit, and Rathmunger's doing the business again on the character, so it's all good. But good game. Um, we had a bit of a beginning of the game. We, we were sort of talking about Manfred's command ability, and I wasn't sure whether it worked that it's like a pulse, and then everyone hit by it gets that ability, then they can move away, or it's just when you roll the attacks or the saves, that's when you get the benefit. Um, it was just kind of a more curiosity thing for my like how's it worded um just so I knew going in like you know is it the fact that if he cast it and then Manfred died, would they still have it until their hero phase or i mean what's the you know how does that work so uh I think we decided it was like uh like a pulse where it catches the units they get the benefit until the next hero phase, so uh even if they moved away, then they'd still have that benefit but bit of an interesting one um but yeah it was good it was a bit of a fun game i was uh i was drinking more at this point so uh yeah all, all gravy cool um yeah so i suppose it's uh, up to the last game um i was i can't remember what table it was on but i, I was playing uh, a guy called steve Hussal. Is it Hassan? I can't pronounce it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, top bloke. Um, never played him before. Apparently, he used to play a lot in 7th edition and used to hang out with like the Black Sun guys. Um, and he had a um, the sort of like the Gorgrunter list, which is the... I can't remember the name. It's, it's the Iron Jaw list where they, they all yeah. get to move and then they get to move again. The, the Gore Fist. That was it, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, um, oh, he also had... Um, he didn't have Gordrak, he had the other guy. He had just like a normal like mega normal boss on him. Yeah, 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 mega boss on him or crusher. Um most of his army was made up of sort of like the Gorgrunters, the sort of like the Maul Crusher, and then like a couple of units of hard boys. Um can't really remember how sort of like what, what had happened, but we um 
because it by this point at the end of the day it was quite a long day i felt like you know because we'd been up early and like you know the drive down and stuff um but i I remember sort of like we'd i think again i dropped on him turn one um because i didn't want i I wanted to neuter his ability to come across the table at me because obviously with with the way destruction works now is that if i sit off him he gets into me turn like you know turn one maybe with the charge especially if he pops gordrax ability it can be quite uh, quite an aggressive army so I, I think i looked at it and went well i'll keep everything in the formation and actually engage him on multiple fronts and try and punch a hole for him with the on some the on his sort of like his hard, hard boys um went in um did did quite a lot of damage decimators i thought thought were gonna do really well um matt didn't manage to sort of like damage really that much a unit of hard boys um but i did manage to tie up his army most of his army for the the first uh two turns while we were fighting um it was we were playing the places of power uh objective as well weren't we not places of power the border war isn't it? with the four objectives in the yeah. diamond shape so my theory again is that if I'm fighting on his objectives, he's not pushing in and trying to get the mine, which are the the scoring the scoring ones again. Um, I'd moved um, some units forward, so I was trying to score uh, in the middle of the table um, as well. Um, so it was. I think I went up a little bit early on um, against Steve, um, which after sort of like turn three where we sort of like he he managed to i think he rolled one for the mystical train for his more crusher which kept it sort of like stuck where it was on the other on his flank so he couldn't get in to support his units but by about turn three he managed to get in and sort of like kill the paladins after we'd uh after i'd sort of like whittled down his unit of gore grunters um he then managed to again being shocked how fast destruction armies move when you get that extra that d6 plus two plus the standard move with the the formation he was like right in my deployment zone um on sort of like the start of turn four um and i was getting a bit sort of like squeaky bum because i figured that all it's going to take is him to sort of like capture the objective and my my this worth four for a couple of turns and uh he could pull it back um i i dropped the prime down uh the prime went into his mega boss on war crusher um that's just because i i felt that that was the biggest threat to my army at that point because he just goes in and clears off units of liberators or judicators like in a turn um after um and so I, I put the prime into him um prime kind of whiffed his attacks didn't kill him um he then put the more crusher attacks back into the prime uh prime stayed alive on two wounds um and then we rolled for the priority and i got the double turn and the prime then killed the more crusher thank god um that allowed me then to essentially get into the remaining gore grunter units and cement the lead um you know he essentially had one unit that was scoring two each turn um but at that point i had like my objective one that was scoring two and his objective so um it, it kind of ended up being a, a win to me at that point um i, I you know I didn't again sort of like underestimating what a destruction army can do and how fast they can get across the board um, was was a bit of an eye opener for me. Um, it's, it's quite nice actually. I think I'd rather learn something from each game. Um, yeah, yeah, with regards totally. to how how the army plays against like you know what I'm playing against. I wouldn't want to you know go up against an army that you know like Bloodbank. Me and you play Bloodbank quite a lot. I played Pano and stuff. Yeah. It, it would be I'd rather play a couple of varied armies, something that I hadn't played against before, so I could learn what it does and how to react to it and stuff. And the um, allegiance ability has made a massive difference to destruction. It's probably yeah. had the biggest impact 
on the way the army plays. Yeah. Like any destruction army. I just couldn't believe how fast they moved. I was just blown away by it. It actually almost made me want to do a destruction army. Yeah, I think that's really fun. Like, um, I'm going to be doing destruction next. Um, that's my main faction, I think. Um, yeah. If I can stop getting pulled into bloodbound filth. Every um, time, mate. <laughs> if it keeps winning, can't help it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I thought that the the Iron Jaws, that formation in particular, I mean, yeah, when you pop Gordrak's ability, the, the Gorgrunters do a load of damage. I didn't feel they did much with, without that ability up. But um, the Gorgrunters aren't brilliant. Um, no. I, I, I'm, I think the infantry is just is, is is quick enough now with the formations that you don't need them. But um, I, I think it's an interesting formation. It's certainly really quick because I think they move nine, yeah. then d six add two, and then nine, and then charge three d six. Pick the highest. Yeah. Uh, if you're using God Godrak's uh, command ability, that's the whole formation, and uh, then they get double attacks on all their well. Yeah, extra attack on all their melee weapons. Yeah, which is they've got two profiles because they've got a rider and a and a, and a grunter. So uh, they do double damage as well, don't they, on the charge or something? Uh, like that, yeah, it? it's so, a bit random. You've got to roll eight or well, you've got to make the charge and have been eight inches or more away. So it's it's weird. It's not like rolling eight on a charge. So you can't put them within three inches and go. If I roll the eight, great. Yeah. If I roll four, I'm in because you're not. You didn't start the charge any more than eight inches away from enemy models. Okay. So without the triple D six charge move, it's very it's like on the wrong side of average of making the charge. Yeah. And I don't know if it's really worth the benefit because if you don't charge, you get nothing. So it's kind of well, um, <laughs> you kind of want to make the charge rather than have the off chance of get a small buff if you make the charge kind of that's the thing isn't it like so. you said is if you're outside of that that distance and you don't make it then you'd rather be pushing right up in someone's grill and guarantee you get the charge right so yeah and i think that's the strength of the rolling free dice for the charge or having an ability that lets you re-roll charges but i don't know if there is I know there is in the Beast Claw book, but I don't. I think there's only Beast Claw units, so yeah, not sure about the Iron Jaws. But uh, when I looked at Gold Grantless, I wasn't that impressed, especially at their price tag of uh, 180 points. Yeah, pretty pricey. They but, do seem a little bit. They didn't. They didn't set my world on fire. Other than no, the fact that no, it's, definitely it's, not. Other than the fact that I, I really like the models, man. I didn't really think they were that good until I saw them in the flesh and stuff. on pigs. What's not to like? Yeah, that's really cool. So, what about you, Terry? I played Laurie Huggett Wild. Cool. Um, he had Archeon, some Varangard, a Hell Cannon, some Chaos Trolls, um, like the Plague Trolls. I, I think they might have been the four trolled ones. Yeah, the Bile Trolls. trolls. Yeah. yeah, Bile Trolls. Um,. And that was about it. You don't get a lot when you have Archeon, Varangard, and Hellcannon, because that's like 1,500 points just yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, Archeon and the Hellcannon's 1,000. So that's that's not even with anything else. So um, He had the Nurgle Lord that gives you the 5-up save, the... Um, Harbinger. Harbinger, yeah. So he made yeah. him the general... So that he could obviously get command traits and stuff, because having Archeon means you can't have any of that good stuff. And he took the five up um, destruction thing, where you get the extra attack on a five or a six. Yeah. Um, which was 
pretty tasty actually because he's quite survivable, so he can get sort of stuck up in there. And he and wants then he to gives... be close anyway because yeah. gets... being close, you get the benefit. Yeah, and then he gives the Varangard the five up Nurgle save. He gives Archeon the five up Nurgle save, and it, it just made his army actually quite tanky. Uh, turn one, I play Claude off the crew of the Hell Cannon though. Didn't want none of that nonsense. Um, because that's obviously the uh, disadvantage they have right there. That they have crew. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you kill them, and then they they pretty much useless after that. Um, I bundled a a fair old bit of my stuff around my like heavy scoring objective in my deployment zone. I pushed. Uh, he put Archeon up, so I just put six plague drones into him and let him fight them for the entire game. Um, because he you know you don't want him going to sit on your objective because you never get him off there. So I went in and um sort of pinned him with plague drones. He couldn't retreat over the top of them either um, because there was nowhere for him to land because he's got such a big base. Yeah, that's the problem with the models like that. Yeah, so like he could have retreated out and gone the wrong way, but then then he's going the wrong way. So, I, you know, he win, win-win, really. Um, the Varangard were fighting plague bearers for the whole game while my plague claws and my little bit of magic from the Grand Clean one was... Just popping in a few wounds here and there. The Grand Clean one tagged in on the Varangard, and we were sort of fighting over an objective on one side. And I just sneaked off the other side with um, some Beasts of Nurgle, who went and killed. He had some Plague Bearers as well, actually. That was his, one of his battle lines, I believe. So they were fighting my my uh, Epidemus and my uh, Beasts of Nurgle, and then they cleared up there. And then went off to his objective is in his deployment, um, but just that that list was just not for him was not good for that mission because he's got too few models, can't spread out and go get the four objectives, um, and it is easy to pin because yeah. the Varangard don't actually do a lot of damage. Like the only have three of them, he had no external buffs on them other than Mystic Shield and that 5-up save, which doesn't increase their damage output. So they yeah. were literally just fighting Plague Bearers and a Great and Clean one the whole game. And Archeon was just beating on some drones while they were slowly chipping him down so that he was doing less and less each time. Because I think um, they're, like when I played him, Ben Martin at Call to War, he had the formation, and in that formation you get that other ability where you can mark a target and they get like re-rolls against it or something. Yeah, mark for destruction or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, so I, I think if you build your list around Archeon, he's good. If you just put him in your list, he's rubbish. Like, not rubbish, but he, he's just such a waste, such a point scene. That's most big good. characters. If you're spending like seven to nine hundred points on a model... You've got to make sure that the rest of the points maximise the value out of that yeah. points investment. Um, so it's like, well, Archeon's cool, but he's not that. Yeah, making him survivable really isn't. Yeah, what you like, need to be doing because he's pretty survivable. What you, yeah. what you want to be doing is making him more aggressive. Yeah, because you get the maximum damage. Like the Sanesh guy, where you pile in twice, is amazing because it's just like where well, you get you just get so much value out of him. You get a double combat phase out of him, so. Yeah. It's pretty tasty, um, but I picked up the win in that one, and it. I just again, it was like I. He got stuck on all the Nurgle, he couldn't grind through it, and I just sat behind with the plague claws, just popping damage through, and uh, you know the Nurgle stuff 
probably over the course of the game will do more damage back to you than you'll do to it unless you just blitz it off. Like the drones just sit there forever. Unless you actually put serious damage into them, they they don't really go anywhere. If you're just tickling them, they they tend to just come back quicker anyway. Yeah, because I found my because you just kill one off and then oh right, I've rolled a one, and it's come yeah, back. Yeah, well, my know. whole army was in the Taliban formation as well all weekend. So the great one heals, yeah, heals D three, and he heals D three because of his ability. So he's healing two D three. I ran the Beast of Nurgle in pairs. So that they all heal D three each. The drones were in two threes, so they'd heal D three each. The plague bearers were all in tens, so they in, in three tens because I used them they as back D three models back. D three models each plus your banner, and it, your your army literally just doesn't go anywhere unless you delete it in one in one shot. Or if you, the best way to, to carry it is just to kill the great and clean one. Yeah, if you if you can alpha strike him, it's because it, 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 he's the one that triggers those abilities. Yeah, so if you get rid of him, then yeah. That's what happened when I played Dan Ford with that because he marched the great and clean one out of side of his army. Um, I can't remember why it was something to do with a spell or some like or trying to protect the Lord of Change that he'd, he'd put forward. I can't yeah. remember, but he'd pushed him up, and I was able to get the the horrors into that model, kill it, and then it lo- he lost the benefit of the formation. Yeah, because if the great and clean one dies, the tally no longer works. Yeah. Yeah, so it's and and obviously he triggers all of their locus abilities as well. So then you're not yeah, doing more wounds on the drones yeah. and yeah. And but with the I found over the weekend as well because I kept giving him the give a unit plus one to hit, which is brilliant on Nurgle because they don't really hit very well, but they do okay damage on some of their attacks. So as soon as they're hitting on threes and twos on the drones, they're actually they're okay. Um, it's good on him though as well. You on him, yeah. Range yourself, and he's got a yeah. shooting attack as well. So yeah, because then the shooting attack is twos and twos. His flail is twos and twos. And then his big sword becomes threes and threes instead of fours and threes, which at Ren two damage D three is quite a significant. Yeah, you know, and then you pop that plus one from your chaos ability as well. Then then you're laughing. But with the six up ward save, I kept giving him. He has his four up, five up, five up, and then in the in the tally. Um, Epidemus's tally, you get plus one to save, and then if you Mystic Shield yourself, you're on a two up, five up, six up, or potentially mm. five up against order with the two D three healing as well. He just becomes a nightmare to get rid of. Yeah, um, it was impressive at the weekend. Um, yeah, but yeah, so no, it's uh, win win for you that one. Another win, and um, yeah, so that was that was pretty good. Yeah, and I'm um, going into my last game. I played Aaron on table one, um, so he had obviously. Already, Alario, Durfu, Dreitcher. He took the six hunters, um, and then he took um, 20 dryads and a unit of um, the what they're called the, the five little elven dudes with the waypipes, tree remnants, those ones. Um, and then they, they all set up in the the realm roots or whatever it's called. Um, he actually got choice of sides and he had a damned wood next to his objective. Um, which he could just sit all his Kernoff Hunters in, um, which meant he could take damage, get plus one to hit, and then heal them back. Uh, and they were basically nigh on impossible to get rid of. Um, so I I basically charged, got I basically ran my crushers up one flank with the idea that I would go up the sides, uh, try and convert both the side objectives have a loose hold on my main objective but keep some wrathmongers around the area to, to deter him 
and then suddenly crushes into his um, uh, unit at the back with Valkia. Um, but it turns out she lived up to her name with the bloody useless in this game um, to try and clear them off because she's got the Ren 2 and the damage. I thought was she can follow up that charge and just try and like grind them out um you know uh, and support the crushes because they're going to be overextended they're going to be out of banner range they're not going to do a lot of damage um but hopefully it's enough of a distraction to either keep him busy and if he sends his characters towards that way they they won't get across the board but of course with everything teleports around the board it's really hard to to to, to actually manipulate the movement like that um so there are ways around it, which I'll I'll cover when I talk about this because there's there's things I learnt during this game I could have done better. Um, so he basically he was doing the whole summon a wood, set up a wood, um, and that gives him the platform then to be able to manoeuvre his army around. And because like Dreitch is on quite a small base, Durfu's on quite a small base, it's not very hard to get them three inches of a wood and more than nine from the enemy. Um, what I should have done is been a bit more mindful of where I could put my units to stop him using the woods because the Dryad never could come on because there just wasn't the space for them really. Um, then I was I was up, I was up quite high during this game and I was thinking I was about eight points ahead at one point um, and I just took my half the ball really. He, he managed to um, convert the one in my deployment zone and in my go, I could have I could have retreated out my skull grinder onto the objective, capture it for one point, and then in his go, he would then have to capture it back. But of course, I didn't do that because um, I wasn't thinking about the mission, and that meant in his go he didn't have to commit to it. And it's four points for him, although it's only one for me. It's only four for him. Um, and so what happened was is we we played all right down to the wire and basically it was a really close game. Like Valkyrie failed a mystical. So she didn't, she took a turn to get extra turn to try and get across to the Kernoff hunters. When she went in, she did zero damage um, with all her attacks, which was a bit disappointing. Um, I got Raffmungers into Durfu and Dreitcher, um And he, he was like, Oh, if I attack with Dreitcher, I'm not really bothered about her attacking herself because she won't kill herself and I can heal her up. And I basically said, don't do that because I can pick Durfu and then I can make Durfu hit Dreitcher. Um, because I don't have to pick the model that kills them. I can pick a model within two and they're both next to each other. But he didn't attack me um, and then he just teleported out of combat. Um, so, and he shot the Wrathmongers off as a priority with his hunters and they were horrific like with the plus one to hit from the damn terrain just was so powerful i really didn't want him having that side but i just he won the role so it's just like well i can't do anything about it and because the 30 inch range it's it, you can't really avoid it especially when all three objectives are within range of the bows um and i just went well I, i've just got to take the shots really um yeah, it was a really, really close game. The, probably the highlight was I had a unit of Blood Warriors on a hill um, within range of both banners and Alarial YOLO'd into them. Uh, Durfu nowhere nearer, obviously. He didn't get Mystic Shield off on this turn and Alarial basically died to the Blood Warriors counterattack. Um, the guy with the glaive, because he had range of the general two banners and a Wrathmonger, he was... 
they were basically doing like six attacks a model, um, attacking. He killed them. They attacked again. Then and basically the guy with the glaive was a hero. He did like ten wounds to her. Um, but she she dropped from that. And then I lost the whole unit of blood warriors. But I'll take that any day of the week um, to get rid of that model. Uh, and that that made a massive difference to the game. And then it was just trying to pin down Dreicher and. Um, Dreitcher and Durfu, but Durfu was an absolute beast. And then one of the things that, that went really badly for me is that the um, tree revenants come on and charged my corn banner dude, but there's only like four of them. And I was thinking, well, they're probably going to die because he's got a free up save. You know, he's freeze and freeze with rend with five attacks, you know, six attacks because of the two banner buffs. I'm thinking that's pretty, that he should kill them. He should he should just kill them. Didn't kill any of them. Ended up dying, of course. <laughs> um, and then the skull grinder went into two of them and didn't kill them as well. And I was just like, oh, really? And then I forgot to retreat out. And I, I just had a I had a few bits in this game that just didn't go my way. But the main thing that that cost me this is I took my eye off the objective. And what happened was we ended up drawing on the objective point. So if I had just moved off and capped that point, I would have won. Um, and because we drew on the objectives, he had more kill points than me because I had, like, Durf, who was on one wound. Um, the Dryads were alive, and I lost so much stuff just for his, like, teleporting shooting. The spirit of Durf is just amazing. Like, if I was playing Sylvan F, I wouldn't bother for Larry. I'd just have two of him. He's just he's an absolute tank. Or the um, that that formation that allows you to take Colonel Fenters and him, and they move in the hero phase. Yeah, I mean, but you don't really need the movement because you could just teleport around the board as long as you lay the woods down straight away. Yeah, um, you don't really need that the extra movement. I mean, it's good, but to be honest, the the spirit of Durfus are just fantastic. I know Alaria gives you the army wide healing, but I think there's other ways you can do that with some of the spells and that. So yeah. uh, maybe an ancient with regrowth. Um, you don't. I don't think you need it, but I honestly, I I just think the Durfu is just absolute beast. It's just so good. If the shooting attack is ridiculous as well. It's not only the fact that he's good in combat; he's got a really good shooting attack. So it's just like oh, everything. Really like Dreicher. I think she's ace. I I that's like I said when we did the Sylvaness show. I think she's really really cool. But um, we had a great game. It's nice to play her, and I've never played him. Um, we spent a lot of time hanging out at um, the Stag Do. Uh, it was nice to play a game on the table, and it was a close game. And it was it was a learning experience for me on the, what the Sylvaneth do, and a learning experience on the um, on the mission as well because I've not played that one before. Um, so definitely look forward to uh, playing that one again. I think I've got a lot better idea now how I'm going to beat Sylvaneth and play that approach that mission. So should be. Um, it was a good experience for me because it's put me in good stead for Warlords. But, yeah, really, really pleased for Aaron. I think it it was really good to see him sort of competing and playing a good game. And I was I was disappointed he didn't win the event. But, you know, there you go. It's uh, He ended up coming second. But, uh, hey-ho, still still pretty cool. Soft um, scores, eh? Well, yeah, but I, I kind of like the soft scores. I mean, the soft scores meant that I came third and Ricky didn't... didn't Pit me to the, uh, pit me yeah. to the podium, which was nice, but uh, shame really because Ricky, he does it all. I mean, I'm sure he'll get so much shit on the Black Sun for it. He he does really well, and he just never submits his list on time or doesn't like get get his army painted properly. And 
just ends up being knocked off the podium. And it's just like, what? Why is this a thing? These are points you can just get. Yeah, they're not. They're not even like hard to get. You know, and it's it's just one of those basic things that anyone going to an event who wants to try and finish well, any points you can get easily, you just before the event even happens, you just make sure you get them. Yeah, it's just like you just don't go oh well i'll go in five points down it's like no just get your listing on time yeah <laughs> um but um i think yeah i mean it's it was really good and obviously uh, gary hennessy won the event didn't he so. yeah fair play to gary with eight yeah. nagash as well yeah and uh payton who was uh with a payton uh it was ben chalk when Peyton. yeah it was wasn't it yeah, yeah he so. hipped him up i think yeah, Ben Chalk won painting. I did like his army. It was cool. Yeah, it's really, I, think it's, I think it's nicer than his Beastman army, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, he doesn't go to many events. I think mean, he does one day. But um, I think that was a weird experience playing on one day because we don't do a lot of them. Yeah. And it was quite good to go, oh, I've got a Sunday now. That was <laughs> the best thing. Like, I was playing Steve and uh, and he said, like, the, the, the sort of like the joy that, that sort of like I displayed when the penny dropped in my head that it wasn't Sunday. And that we had a day where I didn't have to just because you know after like a long drive back and a day of gaming and you think right I get home sit on the sofa for like an hour eat something go to bed and then you're at work just to, yeah. I think it's the thing that tournament organisers don't do one days on Sundays yeah just do them on a Saturday because you get the benefit of being one day then don't you yeah do it do it on a do it on a Saturday and then you can have like this Sunday off because then you know it keeps everyone in good stead for the working week ahead then. Yeah, definitely. And um, there was also uh, all the raffles, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the raffle that just went f- for way too long. I'm glad Chris stepped in and went, right, just give it all away to the next ticket. I think yeah. the funniest thing was watching Sam Davis trying to pull raffle tickets. Oh, God. Where he's like trying to fall out. Sam's amazing. He's such a nice guy, but he just. When he's drunk, he's a fucking liability. He kept trying to put me in a sleeper hold at my table and choke me while I was playing my opponent. I think at yeah. one point I picked him up and ran and like basically moved all the way down the hall, carrying him like in a body slam position, almost like over my head, uh, and just dropped him off the other end of the hall. Because um, I think I like him, but he gets to a point where he's drunk and he's fun, and then he goes beyond that and then he becomes annoying and then he starts spitting and yeah yeah and, and like uh, it's quite funny because he's probably gonna listen to this and go like, oh fuck was i that bad sort yourself out he was dribbling <laughs> he was dribbling on the raffle tickets that's yeah. how bad it was nearly uh, fell onto nearly Adam fell on Adam Adam Alfred's army yeah um <laughs> i think it was uh yeah it was, it was good i mean the raffle was quite fun and it was quite profitable for me i bought i think i spent 20 quid on tickets uh maybe a tenner and i got the um i got an island of blood out of it which i uh chucked your way did i terry yeah and um i got some war dancers which i think i gave to somebody you probably you to gave eBay, them to I me think. as well because you want me to get rid of them for you <laughs> i was like yeah. well, i don't want them but something i, I think i i won it i got one i spent like a tenner on tickets and got uh, an orc a cromlech orc pilot bust Oh, yeah, to, yeah, which is a pretty cool model actually. I quite look forward to painting it. Yeah, when, I mean, it just so interesting. It's so different. Yeah, I just feel like I perhaps need to have a break from painting what, from painting by painting something else. No, but not <laughs> you know what I mean. Not painting to a deadline, which is apparently the only way I can paint these days is to give myself an, an 
reasonable deadline. To I, I wouldn't paint if I didn't have a deadline. I just don't. I just oh, I don't have the reason. I'm to do really it, so. happy enjoying myself painting at the moment, which is really odd. I've been in a really weird mood since I got back from the tournament this weekend. Where I just actually want to paint all the time. That so, is weird. That is. Yeah. Yes. I don't get me wrong. Because you're planning seventeen new armies. No, but I showed you a picture earlier, didn't I? I've, I've nearly yeah. finished a model. Wee. No one's going to believe That's, that. You're going to stop now. You're going to have to stop now. <laughs> stop before you finish it. And it's it's no no airbrushing either. Put the so brush down. Put the so brush down. It's, 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 there's hand blending. There's no, no airbrushing on that model at all. There is. No, I don't, basically don't lie to me. Yeah, yeah, I, like, and you like, come on. Yeah, but he's saying he's not just airbrushed and left. Okay. Yeah, I base coated the colours on, then washed them all, and then I've gone back and fucking blended them up through many, many colours and shades. Yeah, but you so you, you, can, you, you can't s- even see the airbrushing in most places. So. Fancy pants. Yeah, Terry's painting. Doomsday is upon us. Yeah, just what yeah. is this about? Get a little bit of a pinky wash going on in that skin with some army paint, a soft tone and red tone. I think it looks beautiful. Just come in, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> when you get, when you gonna get these done, boy? Warlords. Oh, that's it. It won't be done now. Yeah. Two thousand. And... If at Warlords you don't have them done, I we, there's we got to, to be there's them. got to be a forfeit. There's just got to be. How many times on this show? I know. I know. I know. Can we event? write Terry's next list? So. 18, yes, the yeah. next event you go to, we, we write, write the list. list. Yeah, and we'll help you and provide models for it if needs be. So you've got eighteen days, Terry, to get the army finished properly. Finished, yeah. Well, finished for the event. An army is never finished. We'll be the judge. This sounds like a back out. Yeah, this sounds like he's uh, he's he's. Are you committing to the out. army or the unit of Storm Friends being finished? Um. It should all be finished because I, I want it done for Warlords for my painting. Norm. Right, you got it here now for right, Warlords. Then. 19 Stop. days or whatever it is, 18 days. Oh. Terry will have a Terry's next event. We're going to design an army for him. Super yeah. legit one. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We'll even take suggestions on Twitter. Absolutely. Send them yeah. in. Uh, 2,000 points probably. Show, show us what you got. Yeah. It can be as bad as you want it to be. And by, by bad, we mean bad, not filth. Or it could just be something you'd really like to see someone playing and actually isn't terrible. Oh, don't be sensible. Come on. Or it could be high our concept third. and awful, whichever you yeah. like. Yeah. Anyone got a Fire Slayers that we can borrow? <laughs> I reckon there's some super legit stuff in Fire Slayers. Fire Slayers, we're going to do a review on it, aren't we? At some point. Oh my god! That what's the what's the lone berserker character who just will not die? Rimrath Berserker. Oh my god! They are so cool. They are yeah. brilliant. And you they can, are cool, but yeah, you can stop a unit with them. We won't tell you any of those. Things. No, we're <laughs> giving the other ones that are rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> you what? The guy with the big key on a stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lock lock key. Magma Dragon Holder, or whatever he's called. It's the, it's the strangest hugs, thing I've ever seen. He just seen. hugs Magma Dragons with his big key. Yeah. Um, I think I understand that model. It's so uh, weird. I think uh, the other... Uh, is it Latch Key, or whatever they call yeah. it? Yeah. Latch Key Axe and stuff. I don't really I get it. Um, it uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah. Um, on the subject of painting. Yes. Did I interrupt? Do you want to finish? No, no, go for it. Okay. I don't know where you're going with it, so... We have a question from oh, yes, we do. Shall uh, we Before we do that, let's just wrap up the event, shall we? Just say what we thought, just quickly. 
I know you didn't go. Then we can five out, five, five out of seven would bang. Five out of seven would bang. <laughs> it was it was a perfect five out of seven. Yeah. I, I think it was a really good event. Like yeah. I really like Chris's events. I like the venue, I like the atmosphere. Uh I quite like the soft scores as well. I was um, mega jelly, so it must it have was, been a good event. I was just was looking at the coverage. Thinking I want to be there. There were some great, great photos of me doing shenanigans. It was all good. So uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, only a one dayer. Uh, it reminded me of New Do- New Dawn. But um, his next two dayer, I reckon, will sell out really quickly. Yeah, needs to. It's going to be. A, it's like his events are really good, and I really, I just, I don't know. I just really like him. It's got it's, really good venue with free parking, with great food, in a decent town like. It's it's probably not the Cardiff night life that people probably are used to, but it's still it's a great not... night out. The the location polarizes your attendees slightly, which is the the one obvious downside, blatantly for me because I live where I do. But it's not as if I'm not I'm not living in Scotland or something. But that drive, drove once. Is, I did, and it made me ill. Yeah, it is yeah. like it is a prohibitive distance, um, which is a real real shame. Uh, so yeah, if you want, yeah, it's got to be a good like seven hours for you, isn't it? Yeah, it was six hours and a bit. Yeah, which is in your car. Most cars would be seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> After six hours in my car, I would have quite happily swapped it for like a uh, a big comfortable like uh, just something quiet, just like a like yeah. yeah. You just I couldn't really believe like that when you called me, and I was like, I can't hear you over your car. <laughs> Yeah. It was just like, wow, that just do my head in. You should just have like a stop-off point halfway down by and be like, right, this is going to take X amount of time for me to get back. I'll stop halfway and have stop a night nice Yeah, Yeah, it does. The thing is, then you make going to the event a four-day affair. Yeah. Is, so I had a stop-off on the way last time, so I stopped off to see my nan on route, and that it, I was still just dreading the fact that even though she's in the south, I then had to drive two and a half hours to get to the... Is. I mean, it's a, it's a cool location, it's great, but it's just a shame that you, you're you acquiring so far away people. You. Yeah, commit to cray-cray levels to, to go. Not that it isn't worth it, but it's just people have to take days off to make that event work. Yeah, yeah unless you're Terry and you live like 40 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a local for me for once. Yeah. Right, so, um, yeah, a thumbs up from us. Yeah, that's cool. What really event good. should be. Um, I think they raised quite a significant amount of money for charity. We should probably just mention again Adam Elford's uh, army. And uh, would you Adam and Eve it? Who won it? Oh, Steve Foot. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who doesn't need a well-paid army because he's got his own good armies. It could have gone to anyone else there or anyone, and and no, it went Steve. <laughs> oh, it's good though. I think to yeah. be honest, like. I, it was the reaction that Steve had was pretty amazing because he thought it was a joke. Because I think there's a long running joke that whoever there's some I can't remember who it was, but whoever pulls out always pulls Steve's name out of the hat. Scott always pulls out yeah. Steve, and he did this time, and it was just yeah. like, oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. So Scott always pulls off uh, Steve. Yeah, yeah, pulls, yeah. So uh, Peyton then Byron, sorry uh, I interrupted you. Oh, that's grand. It's worthy cause. So we have a question. From Travis, I'm not sure of his second name. Essentially, he has messaged in with a couple of fairly specific questions 
about airbrushing and we we replied via message but we thought we'd go into it to uh, espouse our opinions because it's something we get a lot of questions about so uh, there you go I'll, I'll read them out Number one, do you have any recommendation on preferred thinner or thinners for using with the airbrush? I paint pretty much everything with GW paints and also some scale 75 stuff on occasion. I think everyone here has probably got a similar answer to this one, but you guys go first before I stomp my opinions over it. Yeah, that's the right one. I think my answer was to him in the email was Byron swears by Tamiya. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I said that I think it depends what you're painting with i basically use vallejo yeah but i'm not really that fussy i just kind of i just have vallejo thinner so i use it and it's okay yeah um i have got some of the tamiya thinner but i've not used it yet because i'm still getting through my vallejo one um i tend to use vallejo stuff it's always been pretty cool i have used tamiya stuff in the past i just feel that the the vallejo one's just easy to use with the bottle the way it is with the dropper bottle um, yeah, whereas the Tamiya ones, mine. yeah, the Tamiya ones in a bit of a derpy bottle, which annoys me. Um, I've got mine into little squeezy bottles. Yeah, mine's in yeah. a, a one ounce dropper bottle, which yeah. lasts a surprisingly long time. Actually, I mean, the big thing for me is I've for quite a few years I spent a lot of time telling people that I don't think there's any difference between thinning products and actually it's cleaning products where you find there's there's big disparities yeah, between. Massively what you can get out of stuff. That is definitely the case. There are good cleaning products and bad cleaning products, uh, and the better they are, the, the more damaging they tend to be to your lungs. So please do not take your masks off <laughs> until you've finished your cleaning, not just when you finish your airbrushing. But uh, for me, Tamiya, well, firstly, on a practical level, you need to use Tamiya to thin Tamiya paints. So if you use a selection of paints, it doesn't, it doesn't matter with any other ranges for my money. Obviously, everyone's going to say that theirs is made to work perfectly with their paints, and to some degree that may be true, but Tamiya thins everything beautifully, and it's the only thing that will thin Tamiya paints properly. And painting with Tamiya paints for an airbrush is heaven. It's like silk, so I, I use them whenever I can through it. Also, one thing it will practically reduce, particularly if you're a, new, a newcomer to airbrushing, is I find I get spiderless and a spider is when you, you've you've had a blockage or there's been a control issue, and you've put some you put too much paint on the model through the airbrush, and then you blow it, and you get like a little splattery paint spider. Um, so Tamiya handles that super quick. Yeah, it's that's it. it. It's on the model, and when it's on the model, it dries fast. That doesn't mean that it dries out fast in your cup. It's also by far and away the best for tip drying out of anything. That's, that's available I think I'm not sure if there's anything else I always put a bit of glaze medium to make it easier but you should find that you're getting stuff drying on the tip of your needle less if you're using Tamiya thinner as well completely biased hashtag <laughs> there you go Tamiya thinner yeah alright then number two and probably the most common question period for someone new to airbrushing what ratio of thinner to paint would you recommend for GW base paints GW layer paints and GW air paints so, what what's the stock answer to this from various people? I, I just go when it looks right. It They're just, all different. Yeah. Depends on the colour. Um, yeah. What how opaque you want the colour to be? What size airbrush you've got? What the humidity is? Um, to be honest, like I tend to use. I don't want to do loads of thin like techy coats over pre shading. I just kind of want to put a flat colour down and get on with brushwork. 
Um, whereas I know you're the opposite, Byron. You love all your like filters and thin layers and yeah. I tend that, to use but... if I'm using filters and stuff, I'll put down a thicker bunny ears, as in viscous layer of paint than other people would use but it's got transparency mediums in it and stuff like that so it'll actually be opaque skimmed milk is uh, is a cliche but it's a very very good one to go if your paint is behaving in your cup like skimmed milk in terms of it, it, it pulling a certain amount on the sides of the cup and things like that or you dipping your brush in and then uh, scraping it along the back of your hand and seeing how it pulls in the creases of your hand that is a really good one. Roughly 50-50 is normal. That's for normal paints, not airbrush-ready paints. Airbrush-ready paints, you pretty much, in general, you shouldn't need to use much at all, but I would always put some thinner in your brush first because it means that you're not putting naked, uh, you're not putting paint on naked metal, which makes cleaning a little bit more difficult. Everything I found is some of those paints are, like, I use the example in the email that Fire Slayer Orange Citadel Air it's just a really like weird thin paint that you shouldn't really thin because it it just it just is such a weird it barely behaves unfinned. Yeah, yeah, you're making your job harder for you by by doing so. There is no hard and fast rule of thumb for it. There is it's close. It's to just hard know and your medium, it. isn't it? Learn your medium, um, experiment, practice. Like most things, it's only when we're speaking to the um, the sculptor guy at Warmerfest, and he uses he uses the me- the medium he uses. And he says, well, all of them have got their own different properties and are good in different ways, but he, that's what he's most comfortable with. So that's why he uses it. So that's why you'll get some people, when they you know they list their seven favourite paints, will list uh, certain colours and other people will list other colours. So uh, yeah. Because at the end of the day, like it, it, they behave differently and some people get on with something and some people don't. And I think it comes down to as well, like what the experience you have with that color is. Like if you if you get a paint and you have a really good experience with it, as in you hit that sweet spot with the thinning, or you you paint a model and it just goes on really well and looks ace, then you're like, oh, I love that color. I'll use that color more. Whereas if you just have a bad experience, it's not to say the color isn't good. It's just that you 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 haven't learned how to use it, and people tend to think. I've got like a £50 model I'm painting. I don't want to experiment too much. I kind of want to stick in my safety net. Yeah. Um, and I think with airbrushing, it, it's practice and, and just understanding how paint behaves and how the different paints you own behave. And I think that's the same with like Scale 75. They behave differently to Citadel paints. So if you're used to doing Citadel paints and you go to Scale Colour, then you're just going to take some getting used to. And some people just won't want to put that effort in. And they're just going to go, oh, no, I don't like them. Yeah, they are physically thick, which is one of the most strange things. Like they are gloopy out the bottle. They are, they like they all stand up in a pile almost in some situations, which is very very strange for paint in our industry. But then that's not true for all the colours. Again, so it's just a case of get a little notepad, use a couple of them, write down if if you know if you found a good mix for that particular colour, yeah, write it down because you. You know, you don't have to go and do it again next time. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, what's the next question? Well, that that's kind of brought us onto it. Is what is the ratio of thinner to paint you would recommend for scale seventy five paints? And I would jump in on this one and say, you physically to make them pass through the airbrush, you're probably going to have to have a higher ratio of thinner to paint, uh, roughly as a general rule of thumb, with these than you would do with others. 
it, it's probably about the same for GW base paints, uh, but for for different reasons. Ba- GW's base paints are not made for passing through an airbrush. Um, just just period. So you've got to put more thinner with them anyway to make them behave, because they are they are more granular or grainy. Scale seventy five is just thicker, so you need to make the paint wetter, bunnier's in order to have it pass through. It does cover very nicely, though, given that it's a paint range which is associated with thin layers and transparency and stuff like that. It airbrushes pretty normally, I would say. Yeah, I I had some odd experiences with some of the colours, but that's, again, same with all the paint ranges. Like, look at Troll Slayer Orange. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think when, when I did I... my oh, carry on, Russ. No, no, sorry. I was going to say when I when I did my drag offs for the for Safe Coast, um, I found that using the scale seventy five paints for the skin tone, I used the Car- uh, Caribbean blue. I found it actually airbrushed a lot better than it actually painted. Oh, I so, can't paint with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you try and paint with it, and it's you try and, Yeah, you just it's just all about building up, like Byron said, like translucent layers, uh, layers, um, and it, it just doesn't work as a brush paint I don't think whereas as an airbrush paint it is perfect almost I mean obviously you need to thin it correctly but I yeah it's not as you've tried it haven't you Terry it's not fun to try and paint with it, is it? yeah I just did some experimenting trying to paint it on some bits of hose yeah I thought oh, I'll do some turquoisey hoses like a little bit different with this one I tried painting on it just doesn't paint yeah. you, you just uh, have to you have to airbrush that colour one thing of note if you store your scale 75 paints upside down then you will have paint at the at the top when you've turned it the right way up, not the medium that rises to the top. And because they yeah. are so gloopy, you've really got to shake them to hell and back in order to get them to mix. Or yeah. some people just squidge out a few mill, millilitres the moment they get the paint. So there is a bit of a gap in there so you can shake and you'll be able to hear it shaking. Because you get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, they fill it right to the top. Yeah. Um, yeah. So storing them upside down is a good way to alleviate that. Uh, a final note I'd say on, on thinning and different ranges and stuff like that is that GW is the only range for me that has decent consistency in terms of you buy Troll Slayer Orange and it, it might be different from all the other GW paints but their Troll Slayer Orange always seems to be a Troll Slayer Orange so you buy one in two years, three years time it will behave in the same way even if that's differently from its brothers and sisters throughout the range I'd say Vallejo probably the worst Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. You can you have get one different. Like I've had a whole red, which has been like a brown red. I've had a whole red, which has been like a black. Yeah, red. Yeah, the same with actually whole red. And I've had, I've had them where they've got different names, even though they've got the same code. Um, armor brown, just, whole red. Yeah. It's armor brown as well. I think. Yeah, and it's just like to be honest, like the consistency in Vallejo paints is really bad. Physically um, thick or thin as well as something that changes massively, so you can have your favourite paint ever. I think P3 then, are pretty good. They are, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. never had... I mean, I really like P3 paints. I did a lot of paint with them um, when I was uh, doing my original Chaos Army. Um, some of the colours are a staple in my colours. My go-to red is Sanguine Base. I'm using your favourite paint right now. What's Frostbite. Frostbite, yeah. So for me, like when I'm doing my destruction army, I'm going to be using a lot of um, scale seventy-five P3 in Citadel. I've basically stopped using Vallejo paints full stop um, for the reasons we've spoke about. Um, the reason I had to go outside the GW range is there wasn't the scope of earthy mid-tone colours. 
Um, so I had to do a lot of mixing and I found the P3 range really complemented it. But since they did the relaunch just a good few years ago now, when they expanded the GW range out, they've, they've got the range of colours now that you don't really need to. Um, but yeah, I really like the Scale 75 shades. There's some really interesting colours in there. And if you don't want to try and avoid mixing paint, like, you know, for, for main colours, then uh, it's nice to have a more varied selection. Yeah, it's, it feels fairly carefully curated as well. They don't have a mass amount of colours, but there's pretty much one for most purposes uh, without them. Obviously, you're going to have to chop and choose to get your favourites. I've, I've still got to go, go to Vallejo for my pinks. Yeah, every ranger's got specialities there. Air metallics are perfect. It's not awesome yeah, the colors. air metallics I still use. So, I mean, They're there silvers. are still Vallejo paints I, I use. I've got the whole Vallejo air, Game Air range, and I've got loads of the... The, the Vallejo paints, I'm not saying they're bad, they're just, for me, I, I'd rather have the consistency. You wouldn't um, start an army using a specific Vallejo colour as the main choice of colour for your no. army because you knew that it, would be, it wouldn't be the same the next pot that you buy. Um, you know, and I, as regards to sort of like mixing and stuff, is like, I wish I never used a mixed turquoise for my, my Celestial Vindicators. Oh, so, know. yeah, I'd, 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 I'd never do that again. I don't think use a mixed colour for a, a majority base colour for an army. You know, especially, like Russ said, the, the range that GW have got at the moment. I think if you had the full range of GW, the full range of P3, and the full range of Scale 75, and the uh, Valio Air Metallics, you don't need anything else. Basically, my paint collection you just described there. Yeah, yeah. Army painter for washes as well. Yeah, 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 I mean, <laughs> yeah the army painter washes are great. I, 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 for me, Citadel washes. Like since I did my date with Duncan Blight Duncan. Kings, um, you know, and I got my head around how they work, how they behave, and how they operate. I just can't. I love them. I use I use army painted ones as well, but normally the army painted ones I use if I want a dirty wash that I don't I don't want to be too technical with. I just want to put like a, a, an all over slappy dip wash on. I'll use army painted ones. See, I still use soft tone a lot. Same I here. put soft tone Basis in most of my of... washes. Absolutely. Yeah. I use it. the red. I use the red for the bases on the Stormcast. I use the red a lot, actually. Mm. I like it. It's, it's a more vibrant than Caribou Crimson because um, it's actually red, not not like uh, well, crimson. Yeah. Um, but um, I really like the some of the ink, t- ink intensity inks. Um, the black. I love black ink. I used to. I used to love it. I use it a lot. Uh, so for me, like I like putting a bit of that to really intensify the wash, because sometimes you just want that really deep recess. It's really um, good for lining stuff. Does a lot in blood washes as well. Adding a little bit of black yeah. uh, works wonders. Makes things look a little bit more realistic. Yeah. So um, hopefully that has answered Travis's question. Uh, thanks for the support for the show. He says he, he used the uh, element link and uh, got his airbrush from you guys. So. Hopefully he's, uh, he's enjoying it. Um, but I think pretty much wraps up the show, I guess. I think we should probably just say there are still tickets available for Face Hammer GT. Um, down to about 19 now, is it, Terry? But when, by the time this goes out, there'll be a couple more people that are confirmed. So I think you're probably looking at probably 15 tickets left at this point. Yeah. So, so um, I'd, I'd, if, you, if you're on the fence, you don't have to submit your list until the day. So you get a free side event, Path to Glory on the Friday. Yeah, 
seminars. Painting seminar, gaming seminar. If anyone would like, so the the discussion we've just had, I am pretty easy on what I talked about, uh, what I talk about in the painting seminar and what I do in the painting seminar. If there's really something that a lot of people would like to see, then absolutely let us know. We'll put out a tweet to to get requests or whatever. Uh, absolutely reserving the right to ignore you if you say something stupid or we just <laughs> want to do something else. But do let us know if you'd like to see me or all of us sitting down and, and just going through our favorite concept of base coating or how we physically do a wash with it up on the screen and blown up so you can see or or in front of you so you can see we and could, feel. We could definitely do it. review our favorite eight paints instead of seven. We'll give you that extra one for free. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything like that, let us know because the seminar's there so so you guys can learn from people who spent a lot of time around paints and, and take too much time, time some might say I spend yeah. a lot of time around them they're <laughs> just around me all the time <laughs> while you play um, lol yeah, yeah. The, same, moment, <laughs> the same for the gaming seminar really, for me, um, what I'm probably going to do with that is talk about how you should approach an event if you want to if you want to compete i don't mean win i mean you just you just go and give yourself the best chance um and also get, talk about some sort of age of sigma gaming principles or list um things you can base lists around um and some of the pitfalls in during during a game to look out for um staying on track uh, so it'd be a bit kind of more a bit more structured but i'll have a q and a at the end problem is it's such a massive topic it's very hard to sort of impart that knowledge so i've got to try and come with a context so for me it'll be almost discussing how i approach going into a tournament and i would have done worlds by then so maybe i can tell you how i won it i mean uh, how... <laughs> they won't be giving any instruction on modesty though it's not... Uh, I, well, no. I still think after our recent list updating we've been doing that you will win Warlords without any hiccups at all. But no, yeah. I don't, well, I don't think so. Win Warlords, I think. No, I don't think I, so. I think if you take that list, people will cry. I'll get I'll get done out on a painting nomination because it will be... No, you won't. You'll face some proper left field... Like noob shit that you think is the jankiest thing you've ever seen, and then you just be like, I don't know how to beat that. How does it do it? Because that's always like you'll you'll turn up to someone who's barely ever played and has just come up with something you never seen. It's like when you get someone who is very good at gaming but doesn't play at tournaments, turns up at a tournament, and suddenly all of that like their average unit size is completely different to normal, and they do this and they do and they do this and they do this. I hope so. If you sat there, I really do like, hope what so. What the fuck? Or they're going to be love... on square bases using 30 <laughs> crossbow men shooting one at a time at units to maximum shots. Oh, I'm making friends with Dan. And putting my, my thumbs through my eyes. <laughs> um, no, I, I honestly, I, I don't... I, I'm going in with just... just I was going to do a new army for it, but I kind of am, but I mean, I'm just going to uh, fall back on my bloodbound crutch. So FYI, um, listeners, we are recording on the 23rd of August, and it is on the 10th and 11th of next month. So that's that's two weekends' time. So I still don't know what I'm taking. 18, <laughs> 18 days, isn't it? I think genuinely considering borrowing an assembled army and paying it for someone in what is going to be about oh, it's a full army and it's going to be in 10 working days and there's at least 80 models in it I think so I had a, that a sounds full stupid. army man you guys are so hardcore I'm like I'm in an iron about painting 11 models <laughs> 
Yeah, but you're going to paint them better than us. Yeah, but you've been doing like painting non-stop for like eight months, so yeah, you just have a break, mate. I know it's just I'd, I'd go, like to go and get some girlfriend points. Yeah, I should really. I, I just I kind of want to just get... take your stormcast, man. You'll no, get, I'm, I'm going to take the stormcast. I'm going to take the stormcast. It's just adding to that. You know, is painting five paladins and every unit. Surely you've got everything you ever need. Uh, what 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 uh, haven't you painted? Um, I need another unit of paladins, a Dracoff guy, and I didn't like taking a unit of protectors up to ten. Um, a Z- an Azeros, um, like I said, another five Liberators, um, and yeah, Draft I found that with Stormcast though. Like I bought loads. I bought. I've got loads. Of, I've got three really useful boxes full of them, and I went. I still haven't got all the models I need, and I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah, it's got to be like the most expensive army to play with oh ever. God, yeah, I don't even want to think about it, mate. Their average purchase value is through the roof compared to everything else. Everything else has got to start collecting boxes that. Are incredibly competitively priced. Like Beast Claw Raiders plus thirty pounds equals two thousand points. Yep. All, all these armies have these options available, and then it's Stormcast where it's just like four hundred and fifty pounds, please. Yeah, go, and then you need to buy some more. <laughs> um, it's yeah, I think it's just like getting taking those units up to tens. I'd like to get a unit of Decimators up to ten. I'd like to get a unit of Protectors up to ten. I need to paint two more units of Liberators, really. Need. So I've, I've got what twenty painted. Um, You're crazy. I need just to do, crazy. I need to do the Dracoffs. You know, I've only got four Formulators. It's never ending. I'd like to it's get never two. ending. I need to get the bot crossbows done. I need I, to yeah, crossbows. I need to do the crossbows. I need. To, I've got like I've got <laughs> another. I've got another fifteen judicators. To build. It will look beautiful when you got something that big. Though it's going to look amazing. I know it's going to look brilliant. Well, that's, that's why I like Johnson's army. We lays it all out with his four Star Drakes, Madman. Oh no, it's crazy. I said, you see Painted by G's doing a Star Drake and he's like, all his scales. And he was like, and he was like, oh, I just thought it was finished. I remembered I got to do the wings. And Ben Johnson's here, like, doing the wings broke me and he did four of them. (laughs) I just feel like, oh. Doing my one set broke me. I'll tell you something, I'll never paint another Star Drake again. I'd like to have a a Drake Swan Templar um, because I think it's quite good at 500 points, but I I just can't do it. I just can't bring myself to buy it and paint it. No, I know exactly what you mean. Just yeah. proxy it with the other one. Yeah, it's um, put to know. death at this rate. You're not selling me, guys. My order's never coming out again. No, yeah, it's. I don't know. I think I'm going to try and get the silver and finish as well, and then flog it. So, for me, I'm I'm going to do a big destruction army. But I've got my Beast Claw Raiders army that I was going to take to Warlords, but I've just not that on the head. I've gone. I I had it. I've got it all on corks. I've got it all built. I've got it all ready for priming and painting, and I just went. I've got literally no time um if i spent every evening took some time off work and all bank holiday weekend i might get it done but then i thought and it's not going to be good it'll be table standard and i just thought actually i could just dry brush some models add it to my chaos and uh and then actually go to a barbecue and and have a bit more like free time to do what i want so, um, uh, i love hating myself i'm away all the bank holiday weekend uh, not painting, so I just figured that I'd I'd pummel my will to live into the ground through an airbrush. And, uh... At least you'll be on Skype screaming at us, <laughs> uh, you can get through it that way. Yeah, yeah something never change. You get to hear like my sighing as I do the painting again. Where I'm like, <sighs> "What's wrong now, Les? Just paint turquoise." <sighs> yeah, Byron knows all about painting. Yeah, you, you think you hate it, and then you do like. Two models that aren't turquoise and you miss it already. Yeah. I just don't like the amount of time it's going to take. It's like 14 hours to do a Dracoff guy. And like and stuff like that. It's like, uh, 
I'm gonna give you a. I'll paint a Drakoth in my painting seminar, Les. I'll, I'll tell you how to do it faster. Yeah, that'd be really nice if you could. I, I wish I'm you could so have looking... done that before I painted four. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to painting all my Stormcasts where none of them are painted yet. Yeah. Oh. It seems like a really good idea until you actually. The, the best thing about painting Stormcasts is like painting Liberators because they're just so neat. There's nothing extra to them, there's minimal gold. You know, the the, the the white looks really nice on it. You know, you can do the shields. That's why I like Judicators, because there's nothing to them once you paint them. Apart from the bow. Yeah, that's all you need, right? I think the uh, the best the best thing about Stormcast is painting Prosecutor Wings. No, I don't. No, I never. <laughs> I, honestly, those three Prosecutors took me I've more got, time than five I've got 21. Paladins. <laughs> I've got 21. Honestly, mate. <laughs> you, if you can paint 21 Prosecutor Wings... I, I, I just like uh, you have my respect for the rest of your life. I'm going to stick to batch painting skeleton infantry that Terry's assembled for me. That sounds far more sensible. See if I can get that Terry to, good. See if I can get Terry to assemble my prosecutors for me because they're fucking shits to put together as well. <laughs> I've built. Uh, I, thankfully, I've built all my stormcasts and I've sanded all the all the seal lines with with Tamiya like paper and. Yeah, they're all ready to go. They're all all based. They're all primed. They're ready for that airbrush layer. And I've just gone. Ah, oh, put them in a box. You've gone. Ah, oh, destruction. Ah, oh, they're all magnetized as well. I will. I will do them. I've got. I now know what color scheme I'm going to do, and I'm. I'm quite excited about painting them. So, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna fleet between the two projects. Um, so, like a, you know, sort of a shiny, sort of shiny syndrome. But um, it's good though that you've got like you can go back to those. That's I think what is really nice to be able to have two projects and they go and go like right. I've had enough of doing this. I'm going to do something else. And then yeah, you know, and then bring it. Well, up I've speed. settled. I've settled on having one of every faction. So I need to have an army that I can play for every alliance. Basically, just just I don't know why. Just do whichever's um, flavour of the month. Get that filth out. <sighs> yeah, well, Bloodband just seem to be there all the time. So yeah. <laughs> You're right there. Yeah. Ordering well, up my um, bloodbound next week. Be right. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for the comp. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, I think that that wraps this show up. So, thanks for listening. So it's a bit disjointed. It's been a while. Uh, we had to do a kind of catch up. We did Brothers of Sigma at the weekend, and we will do a show on that. And probably get Liam and Dan on if they're willing to. Uh, do a little bit more battle report should be imminent we've had some issues with yeah. that, um with the audio uh recordings that we took um then liam lost an edit and we've had real life because that's that's you know it gets in the way it's not like we do this as a job this is on our free time and it's uh i think it's over two hours the video yeah so it's a proper hefty video um so it's a lot of work so uh, hopefully when that goes out it's it's going to be well received um terry's got to do some graphics for the video and then we're almost there so you can expect to see that in the next couple of weeks and obviously face hammer gt get your tickets come along it's going to be amazing prizes are looking good um Hopefully we can uh, we can get a good atmosphere going and you know do you want to just say something about the venue Byron about store credit bar that kind of thing best is venue that... ever in the world hashtag not biased no it is it is actually though so we've done up the gaming center we've put a lot of work into it and this will be the first major 
event that's been been held there for Warhammer Fantasy or AOS or whatever you want to call it since the refurbishment. So it's really nice and bright. It's nice and clean. The tables are off the right height, in good condition, and pretty pretty swanky, really. And there is a well-stocked, proper, reasonably priced bar. There's a massive shop next door because all of that's been redone and the store's been expanded hugely. And we're going to be doing some extra stuff. We'll probably do triple store credit on the weekend as well and a, Ooh, a couple of other oh. things like that. Also, <laughs> that, that that was, I'm, that's like, I'm like, wow, we can buy stuff ourselves. That was a, that was a noise of arousement and pain, which is the the reaction that I go for. So <laughs> that that's all going on, and we will probably also tie in something. So as well as the triple store credit, we'll tie in something to the painting seminar. So for example, if if people think that airbrushing looks to be for them after they've had a go, which they will be able to do, or they've seen it and they want to ask any questions, and we'll do a a little extra discount on airbrushes the weekend Ooh. as well. Oh, that would be cool. Heard it here first. Ooh, can I get my new discount. compressor if I come watch? You can. Sweet. <laughs> no heckling. Yeah. So uh, that's that. Oh, so you airbrush. <laughs> it's all in. It's all in pretty tasty condition. Still a bit of a work in progress, but it should give people a good idea of the vision that we set out to realise when we took it over and when we started doing it up and putting money into it and I can't wait it with to see DLC. it well I mean the thing is Byron, you, you don't do things in halves do you you give it 100% of everything so it'd be good to see what it's finally like and stuff yeah I want to see it with nice nice drunk gamers in it so yeah that, that's our yeah. aim come along and, and get get tanked up yeah <laughs> looking at the looking at the, the the entrance list it looks like it's going to be a pretty competitive field too <laughs> Yeah. What, for drinking? For being tanked up. Yeah, for being tanked up, <laughs> tanked up and gaming as well. So. Well, if Russ and Terry's approach is anything to go by, apparently they're synonymous. Yeah, yeah I mean, it works. Yeah, the one selling point for FaceTime GT is that if you want to win a painting prize, me, Russ and Terry and Byron aren't entering. If yeah. you want to win a gaming prize, Russ and Terry aren't there. <laughs> you know, well, I only pick up fourth places anyway, so there's no prize for fourth. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's one of the the events that you want to be at. So because obviously number one players, well, the one and two players in the country aren't there. So it gives. And I really want, I really want someone to ruin Jack's weekend. Please, yeah. Because Jack, Jack already thinks he's won. Um. So <laughs> who do you reckon? Looking at who do you think? Who do you think? Who's your money on? I don't know. Yet. Side bet. I reckon Johnson. I'm, I'm keeping it. I reckon I'm keep... Johnson or Maudsley. I reckon more. I'd rather have Maudsley win. Maudsley yeah. needs to win. Team Orange. Yeah. I'm going to say Maudsley or Luke Morton. Oh, Luke! That's a returning bit celebrities. That wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Do you know he's secretly been away learning AOS this whole time? I bet he's been to some training camp, like busting out like ten AOS games a day. He's just going to rock up and just beast everyone. Like... Pro- proxy in his army with Big Macs and fries. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I, I mean, to be honest, I just hope people come have a good time. Um, it's our first year. Um, obviously, we've got um, experience between us about what we know is going to be a good event because we go to so many, and we, you know, we want to want it to be a good event. Definitely, turn up early on Friday. We're going to be in in full on party atmosphere from Friday. So that, that path to glory, I really want to play that. <laughs> I think that's going to be amazing. Sure, we can wangle that. Yeah, no, we might be to just chuck ourselves in the ring with that one. Yeah, definitely. 
Right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back soon with another show, probably next week. And then, obviously, Warlords is coming up, and we will do a full show on that. And then we, there'll be lots of coverage from Face Hammer GT. We're going to do a pre Warlord show, do you think? I'm not sure if we'll get time. Need the but, sound um, of my tears as I paint. Because I think with the amount of painting people need to do, and the fact that we need to do a Brothers of Sigmar show, probably not. I imagine we'll just do a wrap-up show of what we did and what we took and all that kind of jazz. Cool. Because um, yeah, I'm sure we'll be changing our lists on the day. Yeah. Because nothing will have finished in time. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> I've done that before. Literally sat in Warhammer World on Friday playing a practice game with extra models in my case. And then I just can't wait. GTs are back next year. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. Right. On that, mate. Thanks, guys. Speak to you soon. Bye. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at FaceHammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.